Newbie having a good day? Anything special happening there? Mm, today I was pretty busy. I'm I'm going to China tomorrow for the New Year. Oh, okay. So oh, okay. yeah. So what's happening most... for Chinese New Year there? Well, I just the family, you know. Oh, the family there. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Nothing, nothing much. Just because your your wife's folks are from there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just okay. staying there for a week, and the kids yeah, yeah. here in Germany they. They're on holiday as well for a week. It's just coincides every year. Okay. Which is cool. Okay. Uh and yeah. So that's fine. Like and little holiday. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the weather is bad here, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ooh, you, you know, I just a... noticed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was just gonna say, um, like for anyone who has their who picked up their Kajira at the bottom, it's starting to really move. Yeah, I'm watching like 365, 365 now. And it's sort of like, so it's above its volume resistance now. The volume resistance was at, uh, like the biggest bar is at three dollars and forty four cents. Was the was like the point of control sort of for this volume level. So now that we're above that, the next one to break is four forty five as the next volume bar. Pretty much after that, it's just like sky's the limit at that point. I think. Yeah. Uh, With BTC, with BTC moving up, it's like. This stuff is fairly obvious now, like, you know, yeah. unless you believe Bitcoin's going to dump one more time. Oh, later on. But now, no. We're now at, we're now at 47,200 on BTC now. Yeah. yeah. I think it's going to pump to 53,000 uh, 53, in a couple of, I don't know, days maybe even, you know, and then it's going to stay there. And then something stupid's going to happen because I, I just don't see it's going... It's just grinding up until 150. The biggest, the biggest volume... Uh, the vo- biggest volume resistance... Going up is at about fifty-seven seven. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got a fib at fifty thousand, so I think it'll hit that again, probably for sure. Um, and people try to short at fifty thousand, so it'll pump above that when you, you know, because you'll you'll trim you'll liquidate some shorts probably. So yeah, I think like maybe yeah, fifty-one to fifty-three makes sense um, for wow. for this initial what, move, what, and then I, what, it may just it may just run to all-time high too. It can it can move quite fast. Yeah, what do you think about Tradfire? Um, actually, have these guys any any mischief uh, in the in the in the make? You know, I I just don't trust these big banks. You know, they play with all the things. I, I'm not sure okay. what what could I don't happen. Really know. What happens if they short sell the ETF or something like that? They can do that, right? Um, I suppose yeah, you could borrow to sell. I I don't know where you can short this yet. Mm. Um, maybe you can. I haven't yeah. tried. I haven't tried on Fidelity to just sort sell it. Um, yeah, I'm, it I'm just wondering, you know, because I, I, I don't, you know, bankers are like the biggest gangsters around. That's why they have so much money. It's very simple, right? <laughs> so basically, uh, yeah. I guess they, you remember what happened when, when the futures ETF came online on Bitcoin? That was like <laughs> a dumpathon, you know, for, I don't know, like nine months or something. It just yes, <laughs> yeah. The C, the CME futures opened right around the top for BTC in twenty yeah seventeen. Uh, yeah, that's true. But I mean, it was just like it makes me a little bit. Yeah, the CME futures opening certainly was not bullish because now you had the ability to short the thing, and yeah. that's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, probably yeah. Money on that. 
who knows, who knows, you know. But I, I just don't believe in anything going straight up. I mean, I could be wrong, but we had so much liquidity when COVID hit. Right, in just remember, though, that by straight up, the thing is, like, a lot of crypto moves happen in the day where the bulk of the move is within three months. So the really the key is like being exposed to those three, four months where the giga moves happen. Right. Um, because if you're up in if you're up high enough, you can afford to make a lot of mistakes, like especially if you bought most of these things down as low as we have. I mean, like what I was saying, like we can make a lot of mistakes and still do better than most people um, in terms that's of like picking ops and whatever else. That's true. Yeah, I'm, I'm just I wondering you know, if, if, if we're getting some retracement later on. I'm, I'm, I just think it's way too early in the year, right? So, but I don't think it'll, it'll just, you know, it's another mm, 18 months, it depends. I think. So the last Bitcoin happening, the only reason why we got screwed was because the COVID crash and yeah. the mi Chinese miners thing happened all at one time. And that March or whatever, March, April, whatever it was, it was brutal. So everything went down and just, just giga crashed. But if you look at the chart minus that crash, go look at the previous chart and go, hey, wait, what would it have looked like had we not had that crash? Like it looked like BTC was climbing and was going to do fine. And we're you know heading off into a bull market. The 200 day moving average is everything looked really good. So yeah, can we have a giga dump here? Maybe, but I think that's one of the things. Like people that lived through that season have been traumatized by that and now are in disbelief that we can run straight up. I, I have a feeling like we're gonna be more like in a 2016 style run now. And like so if we pull back, go back to like not 20, yeah, 2016 happening. Like if you go back to 2016, like I'll just point out like what the calendar looked like a little bit. Was so, like August, right? But yeah, it's just like there was no, so, from, so from there, February right? onwards, you went to basically have a big run for BTC. So back in 2016, what happened was like, okay, just for reference, like around January 15th, the price of Bitcoin is like $353. And by the time summer came along in like June of 2016, you were at 765 bucks. So you'd, you'd kind of pulled a 2X right there. Then you had a big dump, like going into August of that same year, about six hundred, four hundred and ninety bucks or something. And then by like twenty sixteen December, though, you were at eleven hundred and sixty bucks. So yeah, you had volatility there, but you basically went from three hundred forty eight dollars, and you ended the year at like a thousand. You know, yeah, just like a thousand bucks. So like. It, you know, you did really, really well that year. And we there were crashes, like there there were dips for sure. Like I don't remember what the how deep they were here. Um let me see. The biggest dip was like, okay, $753 down to $474 as an example. But you know, that was a year of generally sort of like um, you know, one big dip, but then mostly up. And I think I feel like we're in a 2016 again. Like the conditions to me feel like that. If you look at the stock market, you look at like probably by the end of the year, interest rates are going to come down, right? Like, and, and, you know, people are feeling rich with their NASDAQ stocks and they're like, huh, what can I, what can I change this stock into where I can make more money? Okay, I'm going to buy a Bitcoin ETF or I'm going to buy crypto or whatever. A lot of the tech stock owners and crypto people are the same people. So if tech is doing well, probably crypto will do well. That kind of thing. So I don't know. I feel pretty good about the year now, now that I'm just overall looking at it. I feel like the disbelief on crypto Twitter is high, but that's bullish usually.
because it means that there's less leverage in the system when people are bearish and therefore like there's more upside. So I don't know. It's like a, yeah, it's always this paradoxical thing where like the, the, the worse you think it's going to be, the better it turns out to be <laughs> than vice versa. Like I remember like I was like, oh yeah, we're going into a bull market now. Like I remember like back when the bear market of 2019 or whatever, whenever that Bitcoin rally was, um, I was like, oh, I think we're going to run off and have new all-time highs. It turned out to be just a bear market rally. Um, that was back, uh, yeah, 2019 summer. I remember that really well. And then we dumped from like, BTC went from like, what were we at 14K almost? And we dropped to like 3,800 in the COVID crash or 3,500, depending on which exchange you're on. It was really interesting um, how much of a dump we had during that crash. But if you subtract the COVID crash out of there, um, 2019 to 2021 would have been a really pretty decent year for BTC, honestly. And you could argue that like, there's no way to know the future. There's no way to be sure what the universe would have looked like had that not happened. The COVID crash did create a very, very nice capitulation and a very good entry point for so many people that like all the leverage was liquidated at that point. So you could argue that like maybe we wouldn't have had a bull market if it wasn't for the COVID crash and, and the COVID stimulus and whatever the fuck else. So yeah, hard hard to revise history on this, but I, my feeling is like this is going to be 2016 again. Just you know, maybe BTC just yeah, it, maybe okay. just BTC just runs through this through, all the way through Christmas into next year, and all of the altcoins just absolutely just go giga send. Yeah, but still. So if you, still, in even in 2016, you know, there was prior to the halving, there was this little peak there, and then the mm -hmm. whole thing like still came down. Yeah, you had that Probably summer big. crash there for sure. Yeah, yeah. So that was actually like, uh, well, let me see. It's like almost 40 percent correction, right? So I think something could easily happen. Like we, if we go, for example, to 50, 50 something, and then we see like a correction from 50 something down to. I don't know, you know, if it, if you take like forty percent, it's gonna be thirty-five k. I I see that completely possible, you know. So it's like somewhere there. Yeah. I'm not talking most about recent. Something. The most recent BTC correction was only twenty-one percent as a reference so far. Yeah. Um. So yeah, there's room to correct more in theory at some point. Yeah. Um. Looking at like earlier in the year. Let me look at one of these dates here. Um. Yeah. Like even back in. September, the correction that low was like 21% drop from the, that local top as well. So we haven't had mega corrections this last season. Yeah. In fact, um, even back in 2023, February. And, and I don't think it's going to be something crypto related that could cause, you know, what whatever could cause that. I think um, it's just like, man, these crazy guys for what, in government. For like, whatever reason. They're all too complacent, you know. <laughs> For whatever reason, the crypto dips for Bitcoin, the biggest dips this season have been about 22%. Yeah. We have one, two, like, let's see, three, uh, four corrections at about 22%. Maybe like 40% now that you have ETFs is just wishful thinking. Maybe like the new norm is 25% dips and that's, that's that. Could be. Yeah. Especially now that we have ETFs. Like the dip should be even less deep, theoretically, because there's more places for liquidity to flow from on the dips, right? Yeah, but so. any, anyways, at the moment, it doesn't make sense to to go in there. Right? I just I I I'd rather put it somewhere else where I see more multiples. You know, 
Oh yeah, for sure. No, I'm just pointing out BTC is more of a bellwether for the market. Not so mm. much because I say, I yeah. know. Yeah. Looks nice overall. Just don't know how this will work out for you. You saw that. I think um, I, 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 I tagged you on that one. There was this uh, litigation thing where they settled. This is like, uh, oh God, what was the name? Uh, brain something. I can't remember. And they just settled with the SEC. Uh, they were charged by the SEC. So it's a DeFi protocol. And they had mm. some pools and basically they, they were US-based and they were doxxed and, and they settled for a million and closed down the whole thing, right? So basically, all <laughs> the, yeah, all the money they ever made, they paid it back. So it's like, this is like really bad for most crypto projects. You know, is this anything US related? You're going to be fucked, you know, because they, they I guess they come <laughs> after everything. Yeah. It's just like, um, so yeah, hmm, a lot of they're trying, but a lot of those things stay in litigation for a very long time. So as long as your coin is not in litigation now, you're probably okay for now <laughs> because it takes a long time for those to play out. But I don't know. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm still like, I'm still watching. Like, I think, um, I think the next few months is going to be strong. So we're talking about February, March, April. April is happening. So either you're going to have a, usually it's a pre-happening dump, which would be last season with the uh, COVID crash, or a post-happening dump, which would be the season before that, or, um, yeah, which would be put it in summertime, which would make sense, right? If you're going to have a correction, we have a big run-up and we have a correction. Summer looks about right timing-wise. Also, if you look at election dynamics, I've seen the argument that, like, it makes sense that the crash, stock market crashes a bit in summer. So that, you know, if let's say you get Trump winning, you know, it runs and if Biden wins, it, it stays flat, you know, because like the market's looking for something to rally on. And so it tends to dump before that kind of new rally comes. So summer seems like it makes sense for a crypto correction. I'm 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 just, thinking if I, just, in my just, mental model, I'm thinking we have the post happening crash, but it happens like by summertime, not immediately after happening. Uh, Sefi, just one serious question. You know, uh, you just said if Biden wins. I mean, do they really? He, he's kind of, he forgets everything right now, right? I mean, just like he called the Egyptian foreign minister, like the guy from Mexico or something like that just today. It's like. Yeah, I mean, the way the way Putin talked about um, the United States, I don't know if you've watched yeah, the, um, I watched it. Dr. Carlson thing. It's very I, good. I don't recall when he was the meeting, you know. <laughs> No, Putin's basically like his his concept is, and this is basically true. I mean, let's just face it with American democracy um, or republic, I should say. What happens is, is you get a new president every so often and you get new administrations and you're a you're a foreign country and you shake hands with that administration. And then they say, OK, yeah, we, we will. We won't attack this. We won't do that, blah, blah, blah. And then they'll renege on all their on all their ideas, either based on what you've done or what they've done. Basically, like. These are not smart contracts. People just sort of do whatever they feel like it when it comes to new administrations. And um, to the extent that like, yeah, I mean, when you show up, like, you, let's say you become president today, you show up, um, you know, you, you're given a big list of things that the State Department has been doing. You give a big list of things that the CIA is doing and their priorities. And are you as the brand new president going to walk in and change all those priorities? That's a huge maybe because number one, what do you know about those situations enough to actually change them? So you don't you what happens in these bureaucracies is you feel like your bureaucracy is so big, you're new, 
you have no access to what aliens are hiding where and whatever. And you find all this information out. You look at the thing. You're like, uh, I don't know. And so what happens is a lot of the presidents or whatnot can continue to go the status quo. When you go the status quo, that means that like whatever previous projects that CIA or you know intelligence or NSA whoever have been running this whole time. It's like you don't feel a strong compulsion to stop all of those things because a lot of money and effort went to, you know, doing those missions or whatever. On the other hand, you also don't feel smart enough to really, you know, shape foreign policy because, I mean, really, let's face it, like, is, is, is Trump some sort of like, you know, foreign policy giga genius? No. Was Biden? No. He's an imbecile. Like, just, you know. You know, completely. He was he was an imbecile when he was smart. Like I mean, when he wasn't didn't have dementia. Um, how much does how much did uh, Barack Obama know about foreign policy? Probably little to nothing. Um, how much did George Bush, you know, Jr. know? Probably little to nothing. So the reality is, like you know, you show up with these presidents, and they just make shit up as they go, and they tend to sort of follow the status quo to some extent. And the reason is because, like the the bigger these organizations get, and the more complicated the world is, the more opaque everything becomes. Putin, because he's been there forever, he's just watched this play out. And so he can see this from a longer time frame that most presidents and whatnot don't have like that context. Now, that's not to say that like he's not speaking in his own country's best interest when he's talking. I get it. Like to some extent, everything he says is a type of propaganda in a way. But then whose country's president is not going to be spewing some sort of propaganda in some way? That's just given. That's your bloody job. So you, you, that's their job. That's exactly. That's what he said, right? He remember he said, well, you know, when, when CIA does certain things, when whoever does certain things, he doesn't take any of that shit personally. He's like, that's their job, right? He said that during the interview. He's like, yeah, that's just their job. No big deal, right? Like, in other words, if CIA spies on Russia, he just figures that's their job. He doesn't think of it like, oh, you're trying to fuck over Russia with your spies. And he, so he doesn't over, over, glorify what it means to have like a KGB or a CIA. He just assumes like, you know, intelligence is their mission. They have to gather this information to make decisions. Yeah, it's just part of the spiel, right? Yeah, it's just part of it. And so like, so he, he looks at this whole theater and he says, and that's the thing too, like when he takes Ukraine or whatever, he, he just figures it's part of his job to get some Ukrainian people killed and get some Russians killed. You know, war is just like an extension of politics and, um, like he doesn't look at it from the perspective of like the some sort of ethics or morality lens, really, because like if you think of it through that lens, you can't get anything done, really, right? Like, what domestic policy can can you execute on without harming certain people? Every single choice you make as a president harms people, like quite literally everything you do. We'll take money from one person, give it to the other, whatever. It's like a resource thing, or like or some things. Some people get quite literally harmed. So if you go against drugs, you're gonna you know, go against some sort of ethnic minority and like, you know, put too many, you know, black people in jail or something or whatever. Like, so the reality is no matter what you exercise your power on, you're going to harm somebody indirectly. And I think, I think Putin understands that at a core level. Um, is that a sociopath that behaves that way? I don't know about that. Like the reality is every politician then would be definition of sociopath um, by that, by that definition. And not only that, but if you were just purely emotional about it, um, you're liable to make really, really terrible uh, decisions because like, and this, this is the reason why some people believe like, you know, barring certain exceptions, most of the time men make better politicians for this reason. Because women de by definition are more like, you don't even need like a, a rocket science book or sociology degree to know this. Like women have a different set of emotions than men do. And so therefore that's going to spill into their politics. And some people argue that's a good thing. Maybe we'll have less wars if we have more 
women in politics. On the other hand, it could be bad if you're in a position where you have to be on the offensive. So yeah, Putin's a specific type. And um, I thought that whole thing was very, very interesting. Yeah, I just think, you know, the problem is, like, this is a proxy war basically going on between Russia and the US. It's NATO, whatever you call it, right? So most of the equipment is like NATO mm -hmm. made. It's like 80% is US made, and there's some German shit and some Norwegian shit. I don't know, there's not so many weapon manufacturers out there, right? Yeah. And on the other side, you have Russian and what else? What else? Like some Iranian, whatever, Chinese parts, probably, you know, who gives a shit? And the mm -hmm. thing is, the US and, and, and Russia really can't go at war at each other because they both have nukes, right? I mean, so far, no one ever crossed that line because it's like, it's yeah, of course, kind of super stupid to do it, right? So they're always grinding on these other little countries, and <laughs> it's like not really helping anyone, you know? I mean, it's, it's great for the buddies in the, in the weapons <laughs> manufacturing business, you know, they all get fucking rich. But apart from that, it's, it's like nothing comes of, of it, to, as far as I can tell, you know. Yeah, the, the way like the way it's portrayed is that like, um, you know, you can't go to peace with Putin. You can't do anything with him because ultimately, like, you can't trust him. And um, but the reality is like, is there any country that you can really trust? Trust? Not really. So it's like, um, you know, that that like like as if like america has never done anything unethical like it's like it'd be considered absurd to think that mm. um you know it, it's it's all a matter of like whose viewpoint you're looking at obviously and who's have, have you ever read uh read nietzsche he said something about justice which mm -hmm. is kind of really interesting so he basically has a concept that basically says okay so justice can just exist between actually almost equally powerful parties right if someone's much oh yeah on the other side there's no such thing as justice and fairness possible and the call for justice in law is actually based in your egoism because it actually um, helps you to be able to perform trades that are of proper mutual benefit right so it's it's like the whole thing just works for two equal opponents so there's no real, and that's one thing, you know, if you think it from that way, when you hear politicians talks like, oh, we have to help this small little country, blah, blah, blah. There's no real justice there. It's just like, there's something in it for them, but it's probably very lopsided, you know, what's in it for the other side. And Western politics, even here in Europe, you know, they send so much help to Africa, blah, blah, blah. And then they pay for fucking cocoa, cocoa beans. They pay like, well, I don't know one cent per kilo or something <laughs> effectively you know and then they're like and here the politicians politicians tell them oh we go for fair trade and you know we support the farmers down in africa and these guys are starving you know and we've been doing that for like <laughs> and here at home they're like yeah we're so great you know and look we paved the new whatever you know we built a new solar power plant for them or some bullshit you know anyway so, <laughs> so but i like the concept yeah, that yeah. you put out there you know so it's like um if you look at from yeah, if you have day, asymmetric power, then you, mm -hmm. it's hard to create like a just outcome, really, uh, because the 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 weaker power is not in as good of a negotiating position to make a decision either way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so That's interesting. Anyway, I, was, I pulled up the on a side note, I was like on, to like track this slightly different conversation. I, I pulled up the Zephyr um, USDT divided by like the the BTC chart of it. 
And an interesting thing about the Zeph BTC chart is we're now even with BTC. So we're not actually losing any versus Bitcoin. So like, for example, Link BTC dropped, but Zephyr BTC is tracking perfectly. And what I've noticed is it appears that there's a greater correlation with proof of work coins in many ways to BTC. But like, unlike Link and a few other things, I'm sorry, Link, um, unlike LTC Doge, which are, um, I, let me see, let me see if they're down or equal to BTC right now. LTC did okay today. I think Doge also ran a little bit. LTC is technically though down versus BTC though. So it's not, it's not keeping up with Bitcoin in terms of growth at the moment. Um, Zephyr is actually neutral versus BTC. It's rising almost, a, it's equal. So like the chart is flat. Did you draw um, the LTC drop? It's actually interesting oh, to draw the FIP on that BTC chart, Zeph BTC. On the Zeph BTC? Yeah, oh, I did not. Uh, yeah, yeah, draw it and you see it is exactly at the 0 0.5. Let me pull it up and see what's happening there. Um, Zef BTC. I had not tracked Zef BTC yet because it didn't matter because like Zef moves at such dramatic multiples to BTC as to be almost like white noise. Like it doesn't even matter. But uh, let me see if I can draw them. So yeah, if we're pulling up. Um, yeah, if we use the Zephyr bottom of like, okay, and then go up to. Let's see, lock that in. Yeah, we're we're right at the Zeph BTC exact fib. You're right. Yeah, yeah. it's interesting. Huh? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, let me bookmark this. Actually, I'm going to add this to my um, list. Actually, um, I can add it to the my trading view watch list. I hadn't tracked versus BTC as of yet, but. I'm um, doing that now. Oh, wow. Vodafone, I just got a trigger that like it reached a 52-week low at $8. So it's not cheap Vodafone stock. There it is, man. In fact, like what is the yield on Vodafone at that level? should be high. should be really high. It's going to be like, it's going to be really high. Um, yeah, dividend yields 12% just about at that level. Uh, it dipped at like another 1.72% today for a 52-week low. Yeah, European stocks are like very, very undervalued now to where it's like 1.96 PDE ratio on Vodafone. Get out of here. That's an easy buy. In fact, I'm yeah, going to buy some yeah. while we're talking. Hasn't, hasn't been doing that bad. You know, it's it's kind of interesting because their figures, their GDP growth and whatnot, it's not that horrible. You know, I don't know why. It's yeah, UK is, I think, recovering a little bit. Yeah. Um, but so I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not even sure what, what's Vodafone, what, where's their main market? You know, I haven't looked into the whole thing. I think they're all over uh, Europe, right? Like, I don't know, you, you know more about Europe than I do. I'm just uh, like, my contract okay. is Vodafone, I think. Is it? Okay. I mean, their PDE is good. Yeah, like it's, um, yeah, 12% dividend yield at this level. Mm, institutional ownerships only 7.74%. Analyst rankings just rank it neutral now, whatever that means. It's not quite bearish, but it's like, but this is a pretty good. So it's actually double bottoming at this price. It actually hit this before. So I'm going to get some just to kind of add to my bag here. Super cheap at $8. Um, I feel like buying a lot, but I'm not sure. 
think I'll, I'll take it easy here. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> like, yeah, I, uh, I just don't know where they fucked up in Vodafone, you know, because they have they're all over the place in Europe, right? They're like from Poland to Portugal, they're everywhere. Even in Turkey, they're operating. Anyways. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure what the... Uh, my overall position on Vodafone is down about 17% here. So I'm actually at a loss. But the thing have, is, like, the thing is, the yield's 12%. So actually, if you look at the yield I've made, I've probably broken even over the last year. Yeah, it's the second largest mobile phone provider. Right? You know that? After China Mobile, they have 400 million clients. You know, they're not small. So I don't get it. Oh, they're the second largest in the world, yeah, you mean? They're fucking big, you know. I don't oh, get they're it. bigger than, like, they're even bigger than, like, uh, AT&T, Verizon, all that? Um, like the US. I think it's just uh, when it comes to retail clients amount, I think that's the figure, right? I, I don't know about the revenue, you know, because Vodafone's market cap here is 21.7 billion. Let's compare this to like Verizon, which is VZ. It's bigger, I guess, um, you know, because they have all they the are market cap 165 billion. Yeah, they have infrastructure, so all and their PD, just... but their PDE ratio, but their PDE ratio here is 14 for. Verizon, whereas, um, you know, like Vodafone's at a PDE of two. So, like, if you want to have like the, and the, but the dividend yield at even for Verizon here is a 6.6%, which is not bad. So I have Verizon also. It's in the green. My Vodafone's in the red. Mine too. And so Vodafone looks like the better red buy here as far as like picking up everything at the very, very bottoms. Anyway, but like, you know, two years of dividend yield and you're basically breaking even already. So it's not a big deal. Yeah, I think it's a good buy actually to put some money there. Right? Yeah, I bought it at like nine to ten. So here at eight, it's just perfect. Maybe add some. So I, I, I pick some up here. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like think about it. If you're at a PDE ratio of two, yeah, they're not going to go bankrupt. You know, they're not going like quite literally. All of the growth has been priced out of the stock. All of it, meaning, um, and yeah. what that means is like even if the company doesn't do anything special, like. If just liquidity returns to the market, it'll moon. Like the stock will double in no time. Like you, you don't even have to have any special news at all when you're that when your PEs are that impressed. When liquidity returns to the market, eventually, what will happen is people will be looking for places to deploy their capital, and they'll say, "Hey, what hasn't gone up?" Hedge funds are going to say the same thing. Um, what do you call it? Um, institutions are going to say the same thing, and say, "Oh, this hasn't gone up. Let's get some of this." The risk looks relatively low, and they'll pick it up. So. You just have to wait, pretty much, with these things. But yeah, you're right. The the Zeph BTC chart is right there at actual resistance, just trickling along there. Um, yeah, I'm not sure how many. I, I don't know. Like, do market makers who market make for Zephyr, for example, are they making markets based on the BTC chart? Or are they basing it on the USD chart? I don't know. Oh, I but, guess I guess they they just use the because there's no ticker right for BTC, so they are just like tracking the to be neutral. They they just have to use whatever the API provides to them to to. I mean, it's all automated, right? It's just like if you put some capital there, you just have to sort of. Yeah, I mean the the market makers usually use different bots and things, and like you know you could. So if you look at kind of levels here I, I don't feel like zephyr has strongly conformed to either the btc or the usd chart like you could you could squint a little bit and make it up but like 
so far, it doesn't seem to be strongly correlated with either, and it may be somewhere in between the two, which is basically like just random chance alone. I don't know. What, what usually what happens is as the, the liquidity increases for these coins, then they start to conform more to things like BTC or ETH charts and whatnot. But until then, it's it's a bit more Wild West, I would say. I just wonder, you know, some, there must be some larger miners involved. And do they actually supply a market maker constantly or even run the market making protocol? So I think this could be the case. Not, you know. not sure. But we're like 1390 for Zephyr now, which is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe they just filled their, you know, it's like, I don't know how their miners actually operate, if they're just constantly selling or if they're like, okay, we sell until we have this cash and then we just, we just wait for a while and let the price rise and then sell at a higher price. And maybe they must have some metrics there. These people are doing that for, you know, they have, must have some recipe. Market makers generally try to stay market neutral. No, like I'm they're not trying about to... the miners, you know, the sales pressures. Oh, miners, miners, yeah. yeah, yeah. Miners, too, a lot of them try to stay, I think they try to stay relatively neutral because they're always having to have cash flow to buy new devices and whatever. Hmm. Uh, they may have to take profit relatively quickly. I'm not sure what, I guess each miner is different, but I'm not sure. Um, that's really hard. Yeah. You know, without, and, and these people probably will never tell anyone like what's there. <laughs> I mean, it's like the secret sauce for them, right? <laughs> so, I, yeah. I mean, I would be keen knowing how, how they actually do it, you know. Market makers, at least the ones like, you know, the thing about Zephyr is it needs more markets. It needs it like, yeah, one more exchange will probably be good. Um, I don't know what that, like, I wonder if they're going to be able to get to KuCoin next. That would be impressive. That's what we need to have happen. Um, why KuCoin? Because like, when you wind up on KuCoin, you have a bunch of people that can take leverage and shit, and then pump the pump your bags. <laughs> so we sit here solid with our spot bags, a bunch of retards on KuCoin, ten x leverage, pump your thing, and then you can dump on them at some point. Um, you know, before they get a chance to get out. <laughs> So, because if people are taking 5x leverage, your coin 3x's, you can basically exit at a 3x and then they can ride out, they can gamble the rest. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, so, yeah, I mean, it could be quite interesting how this, how this will play out, you know, if, if we get on KuCoin, because even if, even if Maxi just launches a future on Zeph, this could already be some kind of, you know, as soon as someone starts to gamble on it, you know, the price, kind of starts following mm, I yeah i don't know futures doesn't help as much because like it doesn't affect the spot the same way like you can hedge people hedge with futures but it doesn't take like coins off the exchange for example um so you, like futures don't contribute to supply shocks in fact if anything futures might make the cost the price less volatile to some extent it's too early for most. Like right now, most of it's going to be spot anyway, so it's fine. Oh yeah, I I think the, the biggest problem is if you just add a futures contract, it's like it's so easy for a market maker to get wrecked that probably no one wants to make a market, right? Because if it's so easy to manipulate the spot price, it's like <laughs> if you've been there, it'd be kind of a dangerous game, you know. So I, my guess is you need a decent size of order book so that you're not getting wrecked if you want to make a futures market. On the spot I feel side. like 
just looking at these charts, though, I feel like a lot of these alts could are going to be back to all time high, mm -hmm. not all time high, but recent tops, whatever those are. I believe we're going to be there for most coins within like, oh, let's see, today's the ninth, like maybe in like within ten days. What do you think Link is doing in the next couple of days? I think I think everything will probably run together. But when alts start to move, everything will just pump like crazy. Total three is like just ready to take off. And I think if you look at Kujira, for example, it could probably get back to $5.50 level within 10 days. It's at 363 now. I think Link could probably run, oh, like, I don't know. Depends. It's a, it's a bigger market cap, but I mean, it wouldn't shock me at all by end of month if we were at the $32 fib that I've been waiting for for quite some time. Um, cause I think when, th when things run quick, it'll be very quick, like a couple weeks and you, you know, basically everything moons. Um, this would be a pretty, that would be a pretty normal move. Honestly, like it's, it's not even that uncommon. Um, especially after a nice two to three month, was it three month consolidation? Mm, Four month or was it, it was like, uh, we no. peaked in November 10th on Chainlink. And bottomed out on the January fourth, and now we're at. Um, we broke out of like recent consolidation range just on February, February third. So yeah. December, January, February. Yeah. Bad. So I just bought some basically some, three months. Just bought some more link. Yeah, I think three yeah. three months is. We had good consolidation, so yeah, I actually, good. you know, this this is actually kind of interesting. I, I was like stupid. And link is good here because it dropped versus Bitcoin. So it's like, it's, yeah, yeah. it's actually a dip. Technically speaking, it's a dip, even though it doesn't look like one. Yeah. You know, what's interesting is like, um, if I, and it's just is the case for, 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 for Germany, right? But if I buy an ETF on Link and I sell and profit, I just have to pay a, uh, 25% in taxes, right? If I, uh -huh. if I, if I sell it on whatever Coinbase, I'm going to pay income tax. And my bracket is like, yeah. Fuck, you know, it's higher. Yeah, so, yeah. So actually, it's it's more capital efficient to buy these stupid ETFs, even with the fees and whatnot, right? Then, then oh, yeah. At least here, that's probably why some people use that those vehicles. Plus, some people use those ETFs and shit in their retirement accounts too. Yeah, traditional IRA doesn't work here. There's no exemption. Or if you're a retiree, you just pay the income tax. You know. It's like you're fucked. I see. <laughs> well, no, you'll pay income taxes eventually, but you here with IRAs, you don't have to pay income tax until you exit the fund. Yeah, which yeah. Which would be yeah. retirement. That's the difference. There's taxes later. It's just not right now. Yeah. It's not working um, like this. They just screw us every yeah. time we sell shit. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah, but, add some link yeah. here. Let's see. This 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 thing could really run to 30 like in no time, you know, with the Bitcoin pumping. It's like uh, yeah, like a beautiful move would be like by March, say Kujira hits twelve dollars, that'd be a really good run. Um, you got a so everything airdrop on Kujira, right? I I do, yeah, I have a pretty sizable amount. Um, I think like um, I'm, I was debating how long to hold it. Like, is it five? You know, because right now it's a half a billion market cap, so. You know, the way these things run in bull markets is absolutely absurd. Like they'll go to multi-billions in no time. Um, and they won't sustain there, obviously, but they get there, right? <laughs> like, So I think um, to get to 
like what's a rational level to get to for for something like Kujiras? There's a there's a the third fib extension from where we are now is thirty three dollars and fifty cents, and then the one after that's a hundred dollars. Um, How much is if we are in 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 market cap terms, like the TVL? I believe TVL. I believe it's like one hundred eighty million right now, so yeah. far. You know, this but, is the kind of thing which is super interesting about any DeFi thing. It's like um, you have this, this, um, this. Um, it's not in. But basically, like, to the way to look at this, ten x from here, though, if you think Kujira, ten x from here would put it at a four point four five billion dollar market cap. Uh, I'm sorry, yeah, four hundred four billion four hundred fifty million market cap, and price of Kujira would be thirty six dollars. And if you look at the 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 like fib extension, there's one at thirty three dollars. So an argument can be made that you like okay, I don't know if this thing like what what constitutes mooning, like what does the moon look like? That would be probably eighteen and above. So it wouldn't be unreasonable, like you know, at three dollars sixty six sixty three cents, like if you get to eighteen bucks, that would be what a not quite a not quite a six X from like, let's say it's a five X from here or something like that. Then um, that's a pretty good run. If you can get another five X here, does it go yeah. more than that? I don't know, maybe, but like you're talking about big market caps at that point. So what, what, what would, what would be the target here? It's like five uh, X, like 14 something, 15 bucks or more. Like yeah. I mean, for Kajira, there's a, I'd say like $12 is pretty too conservative. Um, I think 18 looks like a pretty strong place where your risk benefit ratio for selling might be pretty good. Hmm. 18. Yeah. 33, like I said, that's 5 billion market cap. It could get there, I suppose. Um, in fact, let's, let's look back at a few coins here. Um, one short question, Sefi. You got like, give, give me an example of a, a token that like, like, how, like let's, let's find one that is run that like maybe, we can compare with but yeah go ahead well just um you got your airdrop but i remember you also added right you bought some i did yeah i bought price yeah it was pretty low. um i added some at like five and some at four and now some again at like three something yeah so my position's fine like it, it'll be good so um okay i don't remember what the cost basis is now but it's pretty decent probably a couple bucks or something yeah, I mean, you got an airdrop. No, no, just you were you were looking up something to get a relation where this could go, right? Oh yeah, I was looking at kind of like something like like what ridiculous numbers things went to. Um, in fact, a better website to check this sort of thing, in terms of to see how like peak market caps were, is Coin Market Cap does better. Let me go change websites here. Let's go look at something like a Juno. So Juno is like a layer one chain that was popular for a bit there during the last bull market. And it reached a, let me look at the market cap chart here. I want to see like what levels it had reached. Oh shit, it doesn't give me one. That's weird. Um, What's the best place to buy Kujira? For some reason that doesn't give you that. I'm trying to find another comparable chain that ran like a mid mid tier layer one that ran during that last season. Where where can you get what now? Kajira? Yeah. Um it's you can use their own decks and use Adam there, or you could get like 
Kajira is on also on um, Mexi for that matter, which we're fine. Um, like, trying to find. It's super interesting to get to that high of a market cap without being listed in too many places. Huh? Interesting. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's moved on relatively low amount of attention and liquidity. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, there's probably a fair amount of people that like take their Luna yield and stuff by Kujira as well. Because there's just a lot of fans from the Terra days for Kujira because Kujira basically didn't abandon anybody and they turned out to be a good player. <laughs> so mm -hmm. that went okay. Um, I'm trying to find some examples of... But like baseline, basic concept here is like even the most silly chains ha have had absurd market caps. Um, on the way up, even last season. And the question remains like, does that happen again this year? Or is there too much dilution between the different coins for that to occur? Um, is the right curve, you know, kind of question here. Um, but Kajira is currently at market cap rank 138. And its market cap is 445 million. Um, Terra is below Kujira now at 433 million. How weird is that? <laughs> like what? Um, and then uh, let's see here. Yeah, had Kujira stayed on Terra and kept building there, Terra would be doing better now because that was one of the better protocols. And had Astroport taken Terra more seriously, it would, Luna would be, be doing better now. But Astroport did sort of the multi-chain thing. Kujira is doing their own chain, and they're doing multi-chain implementations as well. So you're seeing a lot of like different interesting moves here. And then you have like competitors like Neutron and whatever showing up that or other L1 chains. So my worry, so my worry about layer one cosmos chains this season and the maybe the the bear case for the them not mooning as much as we think is there's just so many of them. And that can be a plus side in that a lot of people are pulling Kepler wallets up and buying each other's tokens. It can be a minus in that like liquidity is fragmented and Nobody knows what the big winner is to buy. So people just buy a little bit of everything or buy just their one thing. And, um, but like cap attention's being divided. So liquidity and attention division can be a problem here for, for cosmos based shit. So that's why I'm saying like, if you're getting cosmos based stuff, you know, like really, really thinking out sort of your exit priorities does make sense. Um, because like Kajira, it's great and everything. I like the team. I like the interface, like all of that. But at the same time, me personally, I'm not into DeFi as much as I once was, nor do I want to fuck around with all the tax implications and whatever of reporting all this shit. It's just a pain in the ass. So like I've gotten to this point where I feel like I just can't be bothered with too much messing around. I'd rather just have something, the number go up, I sell it, I pay my taxes and move on. I don't really want to... I don't know, do all sorts of weird LP positions and whatever, and nobody knows what to do with all that data. That's kind of my thinking on um, overall thesis. So it's like, even on Kujira, I just have the coin. I'm not doing anything in the ecosystem personally. I just believe that the, the team is doing a good job and so they're going to get a lot of attention. I don't know, even a lot. I'm not sure. Again, like, am I being too bearish? I don't know. I don't know. 
but like the first impulse move for Kajira. Um, so when the coin sort of like opened up, um, like at least on uh, Mexi's chart, initial price for Kajira is like a buck seventy-seven. Actually, let me go to Coin Hall. Let's let's analyze the Kajira price action a little bit deeper here. So if we go to Coin Hall, um, so if you want good um, price history on stuff, go to CoinHall.org. They got good. They've got good general charts. And you'll be able to find some of the earliest listings and whatnot uh, there. And um, so the original Kuji was on Terra Classic. So if you want like some long price history, it might be like on TerraSwap, for example, when it was 0. 0.0029 was what this thing cost initially, apparently. Um, and, oh, no, actually, TerraSwap may not have liquidity there anymore. But let me see. So we can find some old price history on the weekly chart. No, TerraSwap didn't have Kajira. Um, not really. One short question, Safi. If you transfer money to Coinbase in the US, how long does it take for you to release the funds? Like cash? Um, pretty much immediately. Why? Okay. Um, I'm just well, wondering. it depends. If you have a lot of stuff on the exchange, it's immediately. Uh-huh. If you okay. are, if you have nothing on the exchange, then it's going to take time. So I always leave stuff on exchanges because because then like you you don't have settlement time problems. Then right, you can you can go into the account, out of the account, no problem. Um, people that like move all their stuff off the exchange, I wouldn't recommend that. If you want to have some like if you need to buy something quick and you need to be able to move in and out, you need to have stuff on there already. So let's say for example, I have like. Let's say I have like a million bucks on Coinbase. I want to buy something for $100,000 or I want to sell something for 100 k I can move USD in and out of that no problem at all. Like immediately, like no waiting time at all. Instantaneous. Um, but if I have zero on the exchange and now I want to move $100,000, the difference is, is that I've got to like wait. Oh my God, like whatever the settlement time usually is a week or something before it can move in and out. So... Yeah. yeah, in the interest of just velocity, I keep some on exchange for that reason. So it's it's basically not immediate, right? In the US, the settlement, it just takes time to clear. No, huh. no, because, well, first off, like they need to make sure the money's real, right? Like, so they, they it, yeah, it won't clear immediately. Um, but if you, yeah, but if you've got assets there, you're good to go. Okay. Let see what, let me find, I'm trying to find a Kuji's chart here real quick. Like like this recent like is this our first impulse move or our second cycle move? Um, is my question. Let me see if we can find. What's the best Kuji chart on here? Um, let me see here. I thought Terra Classic would be the longest running, but parent, maybe Astroport. Maybe Astroport. Let's see. Because I know Kuji was on Astroport back in the day. Um, I don't know if we have price history. Astroport pools on Terra Classic have not been migrated after chain upgrade and may not work as expected. Okay, well, never mind then. Um, but in April of 2022, Kajira is trading on Astroport at around a dollar. And then it crashed like 50 cents, I believe, around the time of the May crash. So when did I buy Kajira? That means I probably bought Kajira. If I had to guess, 
probably about a dollar. So that, that's, I, I would think that's probably my general entry level for Kajira. Maybe a little bit less if I'm not mistaken. Kajira is now at 360, so that gives you an idea. So I bought some then. And then, of course, the chain, you know, problems or whatever, Terra Classic, you know, like Kajira moves. And then they basically give an airdrop to people that hold Kajira before and to general Luna holders. And so then I got a nice fat bag of Kajira. And I had no idea it would perform as well as it did. I wasn't sure how they would do, obviously. And so my um, original bag of Kajira like multiplied by a lot. So I don't remember what I had. Like, I had a vague sense of what I had, but I would say like my Kajira amount, whatever price I got it at, whatever airdrop I got, that is a 10x over what I originally paid for Kajira. So like whatever Kajira I bought at Ontera initially, you combine airdrops and everything else, I 10x that for sure. So now like I'm looking at, all right, where can Kajira go from here? And I think another 10x from here would put us at about 5 billion market cap. I think that's a fair destination. Uh, that would put us at around that $33 fib um, or so. In fact, why don't I put an alarm there so I can remember this. Um, but um, that would be kind of like, I think, target destination. The question is, do you wait for that or do you front run that? Do you front run your own theory and sell even cheaper because like, you know, you want to be 100% sure you're in profit and you want the like optimized for that condition. I don't know. What do you, what are your thoughts? When, when do you think you're going to sell your Kuji? <laughs> yeah, I've got to own some <laughs> right? <laughs> Um, <laughs> it's I'm, like I'm, I'm, when are you satisfied with your greed is the question right <laughs> like, yeah i mean it has a, had a decent run there was this little dip to 250 right and then it just bled out after going to 550 and now it's kind of picking up so well i guess it can it can at least go to ten dollars you know easily you know that's i think reasonable what happens after that really depends on a lot of things right so if i think ten dollars is the easy mark relatively speaking we're talking about like one and a half billion market cap from here yeah that would be the that would be the yeah like you said it's that's the high probability you could you would be very very shocked if it didn't get there right like that that's the that's kind of the easy level after that it's all kind of yeah some some function of greed and whatever uh where, where do you where do you pick that line Exactly. Yeah, it's it's mm -hmm. kind of difficult to to tell, you know. But I mean, you really have to to look at the overall market, the sentiment, and everything. You know, it's just like you can have a general idea of where you want to exit, you know. And uh, the only thing I think which is really important in crypto is you just don't have to care about the money producing on your account. It's like if I mean, I think it's the biggest problem that most people have if they trade crypto. It's like they put like, I don't know, like $50,000 down and the next day they come with like 25 left, right? And they sell everything and <laughs> you're screwed, right? <laughs> that's that's the problem, I think, generally, that most, I mean, that's just the way it works, right? It's 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 made. I missed that last comment, but I got like interrupted by a phone call. Would you say? Sorry. Oh yeah. What 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 I was saying is like this. It's like if people put like fifty thousand dollars into crypto, whatever, like um, it's halfway decent 
projects and, and whatnot, and we're in a bull market. Well, what happens is if it drops like 50%, people start selling their shit. They're like, when stop losses is 10, oh, 20, 30%. Yeah, and, and that's basically what happens all the time because most people yeah, at this at money. this stage in the market a, a stop loss would be like a really bad idea for um for for like you know alts and whatnot because yeah you don't want to sell low here yeah you really sure. have to i mean they're always talking about uh you have to be a little bit autistic and whatnot you know yeah in, in, as a matter of fact you have to be kind of a sadist to yourself and it's like yes okay i you want have to, to be a sadist you. you have to be willing to bear the red uh, yeah, it's like okay, you you're I'm not going to so survive it. You know, I'm so fucked. Let's buy more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you if you don't learn how to tolerate the red, like you're gonna be wrecked in these markets. Yeah, for sure. Crypto, especially, man. Holy shit, the newbies get fucked over bad. You know, they'll buy like, you know, you buy, you know, like you'll buy something at ten dollars and it goes to five. You're like, oh my god, my my net worth just got cut in half because you know, the, like, especially if you're new and you hear all the bullish sentiment, like people take out some pretty big amounts of money to stuff into crypto, and then they'll dip like fifty percent and they'll completely freak, like you said, because they have an outsized amount of money that they think is like too much to lose, and in their head they've already lost the, you know. So let's say they put fifty thousand, like you said, it drops fifty percent in their brain. They've lost that twenty five k, right? That's that's how it feels. Yeah. Especially if you worked at a job for 50K and you, you don't make very much money. Like yeah. you're just looking at six months of your labor down the drain or, or more for that matter. And yeah. so, yeah, this, to say that your people are in a panic is very likely because they see their actual physical labor that they've done for a year going down the drain. Right. In yeah. their head, they've already lost that money. And so they, then they do, they do panic sell at the bottoms. For sure. Yeah. I mean, it's and not only that, but even if people were going to place a stop loss, like you could place a tight stop loss and not lose very much. But then the problem is now you just lost 5%, let's say, and you're not going to know when to buy back. Like the reality is, most people aren't going to really like pull the trigger at the right time anyway. So that's one set of problems. So one, one of the tricks you can use if you really, really are like running up in the market and you just want to be careful is. Um, there's a website called trailingstoploss.com. Hold on, let me find it. Let me get the actual thing. Trailing stop loss. Yeah, like there's a site that um I think that's what it's called. Maybe trailingstops.com or something. Um, anyway, look into it, but like people can use this and there's a website and you, it has basically, it's an API that connects to say, for example, your Coinbase or whatever. And what it will do is it will follow your algorithm saying that like, let's say you're in an impulse move and you're like, you know what? I want to be able to take profit if this thing drops more than 20%, it'll continue to move your stop loss upwards and not execute that trade until it like. So let's say your price goes from $10 for an asset to $15. It's going to move your stop loss up to 20% of $15. And let's say it keeps going up. Your price keeps going up. It goes to $20. So now, you know, 20% of that would be like $16 or whatever it is. And your, your stop loss would move to 16. So that type of thing, like where your stop loss keeps moving upwards, as opposed to you having to manage it manually, 
And it takes maybe some of the emotion about, out of it. The problem with crypto is, is like you will get 30% dips on the way up to like another 100% rip. So like, I haven't bothered with this thing, even though I know how it works, just because I'm not confident that I feel like I can set it up correctly to where I just doesn't even make any difference at all. They charge some various fees for the site and whatever. It's not a big deal, but like, I don't know. Not, I'm not really sure I'm going to set it up. Because here's the thing. When you have a bot trading platform like that, where you have an automation, there's no guarantee that you are going to pick, make better decisions in programming the bot any more than you would make a better decision just simply owning the coin and selling whatever you feel like it. Because the thing about those trailing, those bots are, they're not locked in. Like It'd be different if, okay, once this thing is executed, I'm never going to change my plan. I'm just simply going to keep this locked in. I'm never going to touch it. The problem is those websites don't let you lock it in. So guess what happens? The price starts to go up. You're like, ooh, maybe my trailing stop loss is too close. Maybe I'm going to get, yeah, maybe I want to let it run. And then you wind up changing your uh, your plan. Does that make sense, Noob? Like you're, yeah. Just because you have a bot doesn't mean you're going to stick with the plan. Yeah, which is, you, which is a funny you thing. You need to set up kind of like a time lock so you can't really change it. That's like, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny. It's like either a time lock or what you need is like, um, I think the reality is like one thing is true in crypto is that if it's a position sm so small that you actually don't care about it, you legitimately do not care about it. You're, you're going to just not touch it. You, it's so small, you're not even looking. That's how small it is. Then you'll be like, okay, whatever. Um, that's what happened to me with Kajira. Like I had such a small bag. I got an airdrop. I left it sitting there. And I come back and I'm like, oh shit, my bag 10X'd. What just happened, right? Like that's a good situation to be in because you didn't think about it on the way up. You didn't have to worry about the exact price action. And you let it ride and it did really well. Yeah, you also have to have the right mindset to kind of sell at the right point, right? So that, that's a yeah, good question. Now that it's up, I'm like, like Kujira's example, now that it's up, I'm reevaluating. I'm like, okay, I do it. Number one, do I add to the position? I, I did. Okay, now that I added to it, what do I think is a, like a decent sell marker that I, I should get some profit out of this thing finally? Um, yeah, so I'm thinking of it from that perspective. And I really like, if Kujira does what we think it's going to do, which is probably like do another, you know, five to 10X from here, I will have literally made back I would have I would have as much profit from that as all the money as as I ever put into Terra in the original first place, which is very funny. <laughs> like it's kind of funny that way. So like it, you know, we'll see. Mm -hmm. It's it's kind of you know if you if you if you really think about it, um, let's say if you if you actually have to be in the red like we said before, like really in the red to actually add, it's like when you really feel the pain, it's like you have to buy more. Um, it's the same for the other way. If you're really euphoric, yeah, it's like you want to show someone, you want to brag you about to it. Some, yeah. yeah, you have to sell some. Pretty much that was, the tr that was the case on almost every asset I've ever owned. If I felt euphoric about it, I probably should sell some. Um, yeah. In fact, That's it's almost you know? always the case that you should. And And... Actually doing it's a different thing.
I think it's it's actually more difficult than actually buying some more if you have spare cash and it doesn't really matter because selling it is like you you have to get rid of your precious you know it reminds me of that golem thing from <laughs> Lord of yeah 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 well the thing you the more the thing you research more is a thing that's more your precious as well yeah yeah, yeah. the more research yeah. you do the worse off you are like this is why like I think um yeah one of the guys said this really well it was Sammy he's like yeah. If you think it, the people that think crypto is a scam actually do really well trading it <laughs> because you just don't really <laughs> give a shit. Price goes up. You don't even care what the thing is. You're just ready to sell it. There is a truth to this. There's definitely a truth to this. Um, oh, by the way, like some of these coins I bought, like updates on them. So my Litecoin is about even. My Mina protocol, which someone told me to buy, is even again. Uh, optimism is even. I'm not in the green. Um, I have some Mars protocol back from back Terra days and it's in the green. Uh, Dogecoin is slightly positive here. Um, let's see. Um, what else? Uh, yeah, Kujira's in the green. Uh, Zephyr's getting there close because I think I'm probably like average at about 17 or something. I'm not sure exactly what number <laughs> was my average. Um, Chainlink's definitely very much in the green. So yeah, I have a lot of things that are definitely neutral still. I just picked up for the coming bull run just recently. We'll see how they go. I have some Astroport. That's definitely in the green. I ha I've had Astroport since way back though. But I picked up some more earlier this year with some of my Luna yield. That's doing fine. Uh, Adam is of course in the green because it's like I made so much yield off of it that it's like, I mean, it's impossible not to be in the green here at 10 bucks for me. I think my average buy-in was maybe like, oh, probably around 11. I'm guessing I, I never really took, kept track, but the, the, uh, now that Adam's at $10 and I made like 40% yield over two years, I'm definitely in the green on it for sure. It's, it's the Are performance is much better than you think, even though, because of the yield was so high for so long. <laughs> Yeah. Are you actually checking this in Coinly or are you just going from one exchange to the other one? I'm just going, I'm just, I have it on, I have my positions on CoinGecko. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I have them like some of these just listed here. I'm just, I'm just going based on my approximate instinct. I didn't go to Coinly to check and yeah, exactly what my gains or whatever are. Coinly should be able to tell me actually. Yeah. It's like, um, okay, I've got unrealized gains like minus. Yeah. Or it's an it's approximation. A fucking, it's a fucking big figure still. So yeah, it could pump a little bit more, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um let's see here. I'm down a little bit on my Monero because I bought Monero like right about this price and it's down like 30 bucks. <laughs> something ridiculous, something minor. I bought a tiny little bag of Monero, just nothing, just to kind of like uh like in crypto, any capitulation wick should never go unbought. And that's my general theory. Like 10 X Yeah, like it dropped like 35% in a day because of that delisting. It's like you always buy capitulation wicks in crypto. Otherwise, I mean, like you don't belong I mean, here most <laughs> you, bought, you bought like 10 XMR or what? Yeah, just a little bit. Yeah, like a little tiny bag. Yeah, something like 10, yeah. Just just a little bitty thing. I don't really play with Kraken that much. So I was like, all right, let's go over there and play. And I didn't have a lot of things I wanted to sell for it. So I was like, all right, let me just kind of move a little fresh cash. 
and um, just bought a little bitty bag just just for fun. It's mainly just trying to keep an eye on these things. Like, like I, I can't be bothered to pay attention if I own zero of it. So it's like if I own some and it's something I feel is important to watch from a, just a crypto industry perspective, just to kind of get a feel for like what it's doing, I'll buy some. Um, Ethereum made it back to 2,500 at the moment. Um, it's funny, this Carlson token, remember the one we gambled on initially? It's, it's down to like 0 0.015 yeah. now. That's funny. Was like, this was like super, I, I, I was like, it was pumping and pumping and I was like, okay, I did a 3X, I think, on the, on the thing. Yeah. And I, and I was just, I, I didn't put a lot of money. You know, yeah, I put a little bit and I sold for two and a half X. I got enough of it. I bought enough to make a substantial amount. And I made like a two and a half X and I bought all Zephyr with it. So. That was kind of weird, you know? I mean, I was like, yeah. okay, if you send like a couple of thousand dollars to the trade ogre, maybe it's gone, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. going into super, a black box is where it's going. Yeah. <laughs> super scammy website, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's going to hell. You never know in that thing. Oh, happened to me before, you know? You send the money somewhere and it's like, oh, yeah, look, there's a, even I got scammed by it some google ad you know i was just googling some exchange you know it's a fixed to float this is like this i had some i don't i it doesn't matter and i sent it wasn't even a lot of money but it's like they honestly they put a scam address into google ads which looked the same and instead of writing float with oh yeah be careful on those jeez man fuck, you know, you know google ads are rife with scams crafty. they're crafty buggers you know they got no, me a lot of people lost money last season on Google ads with um, that had scam scam sites. They'll Jeez. basically fork the entire front end of that site and just like yeah, you know, perfect. create a website. Perfect. It was like super perfect. And, and, and yeah, anyway, I lost $120. So. <laughs> <laughs> 130. <laughs> yeah, nothing, you know. That's a good, matter. that's a good lesson though. 130 is a good amount to lose. Yeah. because then it's like okay you learn the lesson you're never gonna do it again yeah you know, that kind of thing like yeah it's, it's, it's a fee that you pay for the lesson of crypto university yeah that's <laughs> that's fine i had some stupid amount on a, on a lightning nose stuck and i was like you know i didn't want to close the channel because the fees were so high and i was like fuck you know just... yeah be, everyone here should be very very careful with airdrop season so what happens mm -hmm. when airdrops happen is there'll be scam websites that'll claim that, oh, come and do yeah, X, Y, and Z and, and like do this and you'll get your airdrop, you know, claim your airdrop for whatever. And what you'll, then people do is they'll go there and they'll connect their wallet and they won't see what the actual contract, smart contract does. And what that contract will do is basically take whatever, you know, let's say Adam or whatever you have and steal it basically. Um, so you can definitely get scammed that way. But also uh, another one is staking. So you'll be new to staking. I've never staked a coin before. So you'll say, okay, how do I stake Link? And you'll go and like, you know, to some random site and they'll say, oh, we have Link staking. We have Link staking too. And people that start with staking, they have no idea what staking means. They don't realize like, you know, what the point is, like whatever. They just see the word stake and they're like, oh, I can stake my Link here. And so they'll just go and park it somewhere and give, give someone their money. And then it's just gone. Um, so yeah, if you're new to crypto, you're hanging out in the space or whatever, um, be super, super careful about 
Like, and if you have never done something before, don't even bother trying to learn it yourself. That's what I'm going to recommend. Like, don't do your own research. Have someone that knows what they're doing tell you what to do. Um, sometimes that's the better part of valor. <laughs> but generally, like, a good technique is to go to the Twitter page of that, the definitive Twitter page of that protocol, and then they will have a link to their official website. That's a bit safer, usually. Even then, you might go to the wrong Twitter address, right? So you make sure, make sure it's the right one. Be very, very careful. So, yeah, just going to, like, one of the most obvious scams is people not understanding, like, what it is that they're doing and going to the wrong site. So, I don't know. We, like, MySpaces don't have a lot of new people. So I think that's, <laughs> we're just wasting our breath here. But hopefully most of you guys realize this. But you'd be surprised. Like, there's a lot of scams you might not have even seen personally and you get you you succumb to them um thinking that you're too smart or you've been around here too long <laughs> like there's a lot of them yeah ptsd i i lost some money on some stupid DeFi protocol it was actually a decent amount of so 15k or something and it was like a liquidity pool for USTC, usdt on binance smart chain and i got rewards for like I don't know, two months or something. It was actually, I was up like $500, $600 or something. And, and people use that to swap stuff around. I don't know. You know, in the end of the day, someone exploited the smart contract, probably the devs, you know, so anyways. And the money yeah, was gone. Yeah, sometimes those contracts are exploited like externally and sometimes they're rug pulls from internal too. Um, so you never really know what's going to happen. Yeah, they, up, they updated the smart contract, and it's, it's like um, a couple of hours after updating it, everything was gone. You know. It's just, or what they'll do is they'll like they'll rug the liquidity essentially. So that's a whole other funny thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, there's all sorts of schemes. God, yeah, it's like. Uh... So, anyways, but that's also why, like, at this, and sometimes, like, with the scale I'm operating at. I'm not that interested in playing on DeFi because I feel like I've got to have a, you have to have a separate DeFi wallet for DeFi activities. And then you have to like have a whole nother set of transactions and like just more shit to do for taxes. But you definitely don't want to do your core layer one staking wallet. You do not want to do DeFi with that um, because you're just putting too much money in danger. You really have to have a separate wallet to play with those things. Um, yeah, it's not unreasonable, by the way, to do some test transactions and play with some mini wallet that has almost no money in it before you start monkeying around with that particular protocol, especially if it's brand new. I don't care what how popular it is on Twitter. Um, it's not automatic that there's not like, you know, a scam going on, <laughs> like, or that they don't have a smart contract exploit or risk. I mean, even big ones, like I remember, like some people said that, like, they lost a lot of chain link, because I was talking to a link marine space, they said they lost a lot of chain link, because they had it staked or something or LP'd on Bancor. And Bancor went under with a massive like hack. And they a lot of people lost a lot of their link that they had staked there, for example, not staked, but you know, LP'd or whatever. Yeah, um, interesting. Or they maybe they were lending. They were lending it maybe or something like that. Can get just remotely screwed right by by having it on something that you deem actually kind of safe, which is like um, yeah, very weird. The other day we were talking about um, AI when when Shin was there. I I just had such a bad connection. I I, I wanted to tell you something. I recently saw uh, this guy. The what's his name? Hinton, right? Uh, uh, yeah, Joffrey, Joffrey the guy Hinton, from like, Google DeepMind Hinton. 
Yeah, yeah, and uh-huh. he, he he had a talk, and it's, it's actually out on YouTube, and I, I watched it the other night at the University of Toronto. It was like in October or November, I can't remember. Anyway, so, um, and, and what this guy is actually, he was like, okay, the AI, in his opinion, the AI is actually maybe not self-aware yet, but it does actually have a subjective, um, what did he call it? It's a... Um, it's it's actually it it's got a subjective perception so it can actually he he had this good example it's like um if if you would let the ai manipulate something with an arm and you put a prison in front of the camera it it could figure out that there's something in front of his eye and adjust for it right so you it's it's like it's it's capable to do that and that's for him like the basic of intelligence what you call it, the subjective uh, experience, right? And I, and I think this guy is like, uh, he's generally scared, you know, when you listen to him. It's yeah, like, I mean, like, okay. that's what I point out. Like, even a protozoan, you know, that has, you know, a, a single cell organism with response to light, you know, that's not sentience and that's not necessarily like self awareness. Yeah, but it's making, it's not self awareness, but it's making decisions and it's autonomous. But the thing is, like, we got from single cell organisms to our brain. And um, it's very feasible to actually accomplish this. And the difference with neural networks that were created from biology is they took many billions of years because evolution just takes time. But the neural networks we're building now, I mean, Jesus, like we're, 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 we can put together a human size neural network ultimately and, um, you know, skip all of those billions of years. Yeah, Hinton is a yeah. bit more pessimist. He's kind of more on the doom side a bit. He thinks that like, mm, I think it's likely that a lot of the doom stuff does play out. No, we just live in a different universe at that point, and yeah, we'll have to we'll have to compensate. I mean, it's, but it's not necessary that it's just just doom. I mean, he's just pointing out from a technical side. He's like, okay, if you have a neural network like a human brain, and you regrow that in a lab, the way it works is basically the neural connections have to grow, right? So that's how the network establishes itself. It's not like with this training process that we have with these digital ones. That requires a lot of compute in the in the analog in the in the biological world. It's basically the neurons grew their synapses to whatever place, right? And that's the neural network. That is. The problem is you can't copy that, right? So there's no like a set of a couple hundred gigabyte that you can copy into a new biological brain. It's like if it dies, it's gone. And he says the the big advantage is basically on the digital thing. You can just pluck the one AI into another one and add that kind of knowledge to the whole system. Which I think is like the, the, and he says that's the crazy concept because you will have a machine that's super intelligent in so many different areas, right? It could be proficient in medicine, it could be proficient in uh, mathematics, it could be in language and, and whatnot, right? But that was kind of interesting. Oh, yeah. And you know, you have like routine tools and things too, like you can connect AI to Wolfram Alpha. And, you know, when it wants to do a calculation, it just uses Wolfram Alpha. It doesn't try to do it itself. Yeah, yeah, but that's just the beginning, right? He's talking about completely specialized systems that can just load on demand, you know, so it's accessible. It's just like, it's not this, it's not like one AI that has to know everything. It's just like it outsources that to another AI that's proficient, or let's say really capable in that field in, let's say, on runtime, right? It's like you won't even realize that it's actually a, another algorithm taking care of that part in a completely different, maybe even server or whatever you want to call it instance, right? So 
that, that was kind of interesting as well. Anyway, so that's just like yeah, if it's large enough, the internal system won't be self-aware of how it works either. So like it'd be like asking you, how does your brain work? On a moment-to-moment <laughs> basis, you have no idea how it works. Like you have no visual represent you have a visual representation of like what a brain looks like, maybe what a neuron looks like, maybe what electricity does and chemistry. But in a given moment, like if you if you were to say, like, do you know inside your own head? which neurons are firing and when, and you're, you're going to be like, no, I have no idea. I think an AI would have the same problem. So yeah, like self-awareness is one thing, but self-awareness of your entire inner workings at any given moment is probably quantum impossible. Like it's, it's also futile. Actually, it's just a waste of time. Who wants it's to futile, yeah. This, this, the internal state of the brain at any given moment, even on an AI, is going to be impossible to clarify. Um, so, but this is also like what I keep, like, this is why these things won't be controllable. At some level, they're going to behave like living organisms more than they it's do. It's sort of like what, what Heisenberg described: "Who gives a fuck where the party is?" Right? We just need yeah, to yeah. You're going to have an uncertainty <laughs> principle play out exactly. So Heisenberg's a good, you know, way to look at this. But yeah, Hinton is a bit has become more negative than he used to be. Um, Jan Lacuna Facebook is more optimistic. I think the optimistic version is delusional from the perspective of human sociology. So if you were to say, like, you know, is AI going to be, like, better for human well-being or worse, yeah. it could very well be worse um, from a sociologic, psychologic perspective, just like tech generally has been worse in some angles for human beings. Well, but, it has been for, but it's not necessarily because it's bad by itself, right? So it's just like uh, we, uh, just the use of it makes it so, right? The tech itself is neutral. You know? It's like whatever yeah it depends on what you what you like what how what metric are you going to use for human flourishing so if you say like what is the point of tech and whatever is it to make humans happy is it to make us live on this earth is it to like for certain utility what is the point of technology generally and i think most people would agree that it's probably to help human flourishing and the Elon Musk likes to look at it like, okay. It sounds be- like a simple question, Seki, but honestly, I think most people in this world haven't figured it out at all. Right? No, no, they haven't. And it also depends on time scale too. It's the same as like the problem with deciding about investments. Like, you know, the time scale matters. Like there are certain things that would be beneficial to people this year. It's like the teach a man a fish versus teach a man a, to, to give a man a fish versus teach a man to fish. Obviously, like, in, there's always an opportunity cost to the various things you could do. And like, which human outcome do you want to have AI accomplish? What, like over what time scale? Who do you want it to benefit more than others? Because there's always someone that wins and loses somewhere. Um, Can I just change the subject you, for a split second, Sammy? I'm halfway through a three-day fast and I can hear you eating and I just want to eat vicariously through you. So could you just, yeah, tell me what you're eating, please? <laughs> Mm. I created an everything bagel for myself here with some like okay what's in the bagel gum with some like I don't know some sort of like deli cheese and some like deli meats sitting on top of it and I just nuked it in the uh, toaster oven any any sauce no it's sauceless at this moment uh, you should put some <laughs> sriracha on <laughs> that Zephy should have put some sriracha on there yeah uh, I've got sriracha sitting around I didn't I didn't put any on it wasn't really you're great regretting your choice <laughs> anyway sorry yeah no uh, I, I had to get realize, out i didn't realize this this the, the eating wasn't like it was wasn't filtered out of this thing 
No, no, it, it was just one of those things. Like, because obviously I'm craving food quite a lot because I'm halfway through it. It's like if I if I can imagine what you're eating, I, I'm not going to go to like the worst possible thing, which would just be like you know a nice Italian pizza or something. Like that. If it's something as simple as a bagel, I can get the uh, fantasy out of my head. All right, good. <laughs> I have to give you something more fancy next time to make you eat. Uh, probably, I do. You know what? I might cut it quite soon to uh, 48 hours tomorrow morning instead, and then uh, I'll have some food then. Only because I'll have lost 6kg then, so yeah. Why not? You're going to lose 6kg by tomorrow? I started it. Well, I lo- Whenever I do a 48 hour fast, I lose between 6 and 10kg, depending on like, yeah. The first day's water weight, the second day and the third day, because I work out so much, the fat stores just get drained. So, yeah. So you're going to do a 48 hour fast or more than that? Well, it depends how I feel. So from 10 o'clock tomorrow morning, my time, it's 40 hours. So I've got four hours of climbing in 10 minutes. And then, uh, yeah, that'll drain the fuck out of me. I'll fall asleep and then wake up tomorrow morning and decide, is it worth continuing? Is it not? How, how much kilos are you losing? Uh, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. I just, I'd like to do oh, periodic but... fasting just for health, just to be healthy. You did that before, right? I've done it before. I've done it a few times. I've, I've the the first time I did a three day fast, I was a little. I was I was in the eighty kilo range, and I lost about ten kilos, give or take. And I, I bear in mind this was three years ago, so it could have been off by a kilo or two. But it's it's just that's the memory I've got. Uh, you know, I've done it. There are these guys that swim the channel between France and Britain, right? It's like in a in a frog suit, and they just go like. Uh, I'd be know. one lazy bastard because I haven't fast. I can't even remember fasting forty eight hours ever. Oh, it's a. Let me finish. It's a forty mile swim, and they actually fed them up before the swim because they burned through so much fat going yeah. these forty miles between France and England, right? Yeah. So I before the fast, I always carb load up. So I had a three quarters of a box of uh, Weetabix chocolate mini, which doesn't sound like a lot, but that's like 2000 calories right there. And just basically carbs and sugars and shit. So yeah. And then uh, just a few protein bars that day done. Yeah. Crazy. But you can actually, but yeah, no. a couple of hours. Oh yeah. Right? I mean, I've done a five day fast before, but like that killed me. But once you get to day three, you stop craving food and, it, it's do you know what I mean? Yeah, you you're actually all right, but it gets to the unhealthy realm. Where it's like maybe I should start eating now because I don't think my body can handle the gym, climbing, everything else. Isn't that actually starving already from a physiological point of view? It's like after three days. So I take BCAAs in a liquid form, uh, so that my muscles don't basically atrophy. So it, it's a much much slower. Well, it, it, your, your muscles atrophy a lot slower because obviously you're getting the amino acids in to feed the muscles and there's no okay. calories in them. So it's technically it doesn't break fast or if there is calories, it's below 40 calories, which is the breaking of a fast. Okay. But Seth, you being the doctor will probably correct me going, just fucking eat, you idiot. Yeah, I think that's what, what he's doing right now. <laughs> yeah, he just, he, he's gone to get the sriracha because yeah. he realized he made a big fucking mistake with that bagel. <laughs> now it's like, I got to find myself like a wine cooler or something. Something sweet. <laughs> so while you're you sitting did. there like, oh yeah, I'm being fasting or whatever. I'm going to tell you what I'm eating or stuff. Yeah, go on, go on. We'll, 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 sort me out here. What, what are we eating? Well, well, I say what are we eating? What, what am I eating vicariously through you? 
I need to do like a two day fast at some point. See what that's like. It, it's easy. Do you like black coffee? Not really. Do you like milky coffee? I gave up lattes and stuff because mm, I was drinking too many of them and just kind of just unnecessary weight gain. So I just kind of got rid of the, I got rid of that one thing to kind of like, yeah, you know, compensate, compensate, compensate for, for other shit that I probably will eat anyway. So, oh, fair enough. I mean, if you don't drink coffees, then uh, do you like green tea? Um, green tea, yeah, it'd be fine. Yeah, so you just literally just drink loads of green tea, uh, sugar-free uh, soft drinks like Diet Coke and stuff like that. Okay. Yes, uh, sugar-free I can't tolerate because the false sugar gives gives me a terrible aftertaste. So I just can't. I just don't like it at all. Okay, uh, I don't know what else I can suggest then, mate, because everything else has calories. So yeah, sorry, the dogs decided to attack my leg for some unknown reason, and I'm just yeah fighting him off. But yeah. Uh, yeah, so that that's that's it. You can't eat anything for forty hours. I just yeah, if you don't like the sugar free drinks, then there's not really much I can suggest to you there to get flavor in you, other than uh, maybe some sugar free syrups, like you know the uh, zero calorie, still fake sugar shit, but it's sugar free syrups like what, like things with like sorbitol or something. Uh, so I, I don't know what it's got in it. I just know it's zero calories. Definitely give you some diarrhea. No, no, because I only put a splash in. Uh, hang on, I'll tell you exactly what I've got. It's like I've pancakes got... or sugar-free syrup. You're gonna, you're gonna have the runs. No, it's coffee syrup. So uh, I've got a chocolate syrup. So it's zero calorie flavor coffee syrup sweetness shit. With basically tastes like chocolate. Uh, the nutrition on the back. They haven't actually got the nutrition uh, ingredients. There you go. So it's just water flavoring, sweetener, so sucralose, salt, uh, citric acid, preservatives. Uh, yeah, sucralose is a osmotic uh, agent. So like, depending on how much you eat, you'll get diarrhea. Yeah, it'll let it happen. Fuck it. More weight loss in it. More weight. Yeah, I don't. Know. <laughs> it won't I be that bad. I... Yeah. No, no. I... You're not eating very much of it. You got to keep it light. I... I put a, so the way I make a coffee is usually I warm the milk up in the microwave and then I throw the you know granules in, stir it in, and then I add the kettle water so it doesn't obviously burn the granules. But uh, I just do the same with the syrup. Instead of milk, it's just syrup. <laughs> uh, but I've also got this like, really nice one. Uh, it's called English toffee, uh, and oh my god, it makes a americano just taste so nice with zero calories in it. You drop this English toffee into the coffee. Yeah, yeah, you just stir it. Like, do do a few squirts because it's ironically you just said diarrhea and I said squirts, but no, it's uh it's a little squirty ball. So you just like do one or two squirts, stir it in, bosh. pump. Yeah. But yeah, if I take it to my normal. Well, when I go climbing, I have a coffee beforehand, and I just bring that in, and they just look at me like, "Why don't you just get a latte?" And I'm like, "Well, there's a reason I look like I do." <laughs> and they just go, "Fair enough," and that's it. The exact same fucking back and forth every time. But yeah, that's that's uh, it. So we that's how you get played in. Zephyr's finally starting to sort of move here. Did it? Uh, uh, went oh, up we're, my, my bag went up by about. BSing. It's about fourteen bucks now. Uh, um, still down. Still down from purchase. Yeah, it's a right at about. Um, so it has a fib level of fourteen sixty eight. So we'll probably trickle up to that. But the, what Noob was pointing out earlier is that. Where the price is right now is exactly at Zephyr BTC resistance. So there's a fib right on that chart. Okay. So probably it'll pump as soon as we pass that, and then 
once you pass the Zephyr USD resistance right at 1465, um, yeah, it should be, it'll, it'll pretty much launch from there to probably about 25 bucks, I would say. It would be the next. It'd be sorry. nice. It'd be that's nice next, to see a that's parabolic. That's the next resistance, 25, huh? If it goes parabolic, what I'll probably end up doing is, well, selling my bag and buying no, a No, this is rig. crypto. This is not an if it goes parabolic. It's simply when. <laughs> like okay, if it, if it does it in the next <laughs> six months, then I'll probably end up selling it, buying a rig for me, a rig for my dad, and I'll just use the profits to mine more. Because, yeah. That's I think, gonna... um, as far as like, okay, so... The most obvious FIB extension after the all-time high is at $129. Um, and then the no. one after that is at 207 So usually the way this works is in these early... So um, how should I say this? The, the first... Um, let me tell you how many FIB extensions the first pump did. I'll, let me, I have to draw this again because I deleted them. But like, if you were to assume that sort of like at the time the bottom was at bottom was a dollar eighty eight, it went up to like around six bucks or something. Let me let me draw this real quick. I did it twenty x for me to cash out and buy two rigs, basically. So you you don't go by like multiples; you go by the fib extensions, and the reason is because like you know that's what you know that's where these things go. Um, it ran like let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. It probably ran like eight fib extensions on its first run, which is a which is a huge run. So, um, what will probably happen this time, if I had to guess, like again, not, the usual not financial advice kind of idea, um, without getting too except, hyper bullish. But usually, a sensible move advice. here would probably be three fib extensions um, past its recent high. So, fifty-two dollars is its high. Dollar eighty-eight was its low, so that's what draws gets you to fibs. <clears throat> um, we've pulled back retracement. We've gone down one, two, three fibs from the high, which dropped us to almost like nine dollars and eighty-eight cents was the fib level, and it went to ten dollars and sixty. So now, if you break out past high, you'd be thinking of two extensions or three. Um, three extensions actually would be very rational for a crypto move. That would put us at four hundred and six dollars um, per coin. Remember, extensions get bigger the, the the bigger the first impulse move is. So by us going yeah. from a dollar eighty to five twenty five fifty two dollars is super bullish. It means there's a lot yeah. of attention on the coin, and so the next run can be actually quite gigantic. So $408 effort puts it at just a billion dollar market cap and in a bull market, like, could that happen this year? I think so. If you look at Caspa and other proof of work coins that had good attention, that's the kind of moves that they made. So I would say like 408 would be a very strong move. Um, 207 would be a relatively weak move um, to go into consolidation again. Possible. I guess you could go to 207 and consolidate over the summer. But yeah, when these things go parabolic, they'll and we're pretty close, I imagine. Um, I put I did I took Casper's calendar and mm -hmm. I just took its original move like this, and I kind of just drew like I was like, how many days did it take between high and then like breaking high again? It's 90 days. So um for this coin, high was November 22nd. Um 90 oh. days is fe February 20th. So okay. you're talking about like between today and the 20th 
theoretically going back to prior high based on how Casper moved. Yeah, but it's not Casper. Uh, that's the thing. Casper it, it, had not, a lot but more that's, but that's not the point. Like the point is like you're if you look at how these moves work in proof of work chains, and it is proof of work. It's similar. The, you can the, see a the, pattern. It doesn't really matter whether it's Casper or not. In fact, it could do in theory more than Casper in theory, given how big the first impulse actually was. But it could so do less. The bottom as well. line is it's a question of like how many days or fib time passes between each sort of like break of prior high. And that's the thing that matters here. And let's say it's not February 22nd for 21st. Let's say this happens early March. It's still very close, right? It's not going to be mm. exact. The point is like, this is a pretty good consolidation period. Now, let's say this was just a pure pump and dump rug pull type of coin. What does that chart look like? That chart would have been like, oh, it goes to $52. The team dumps on you. It dumps back down to, you know, it directly down back to $4 again or back to $1.88, which is where it started. And it would have been straight up and straight down. The chart that you see here is a classic crypto accumulation chart. So the FIB extensions apply here. And three FIB extensions for the next run to run to like 408 to a billion market cap would be like, that'd be like a Tuesday in crypto during a bull market. That's a normal, that's a normal move. So, yeah, you gotta you have to think like you you have to ignore everything you thought about you learned during the bear market. None of that matters. If, were you were, were you buying crypto back in 2019, Chubs? I've I've been buying. I've had Tron and all sorts since about 2017 on now. So okay, I've been flipping crypto so for a while. You've seen right? how these moves work, right? So yeah, I, I've seen the patterns. Yeah. So you just need to understand like how much when you're talking about moves, like you know, uh, moving at you know the last run from. For Zephyr, which is a dollar eighty to fifty-two, was already a twenty-five x approximately. So if you say to yourself, "Hey, wait a minute," like you know that was from bottom to top, and if you say bottom to top this time is going to be, let's say a you know twenty x, maybe not twenty-five x, you're still at two hundred dollars a coin. Yeah, which is so, still fucking brilliant. That's that. Yeah, it's a, yeah. It's, it's an, especially within mining it on the side as well. It's a good little payday. Yeah. So I think what will happen here is. Um, like it doesn't have to go there straight up. Like maybe let's say you go to 200, maybe you consolidate to 130, <clears throat> maybe you consolidate even down to 52 again, and then it has another run. And so my theory is by like sometime middle of the year or like maybe summerish, it would not be outlandish to be at like $400 Zephyr. Um, as far as like top of the bull market, it's like, okay, what could that look like? Can that make it to 3 billion? Sure. Um, it's, it's actually following a Monero pattern. In fact, the, the hash rate for Zephyr is better than Monero's has kind of like ever been this early in the, in the early history of Monero. So, and Monero went to like 10 billion on the first run. Is it going to do 10 billion? I don't think so. Like it, like back in those days, 2014, whatever, there were way mm. less coins and liquidity was not, you know, spread out so thin among so many different things. So it's harder to get that kind of attention, but to for this to reach Monero's market cap of it's, it's three billion, that's feasible, or like two billion, yeah, it's feasible. Yeah, but it's only feasible if people put money into it, because obviously money has to come from somewhere. And I know what you're well, saying, the meme effect, and it's not necessarily going to be its true value. But for that to occur, for, for example, for futures and all that to occur, they need to be listed. 
and the yeah. Zest would need to be listed, which looks less and less likely the more fucking uh, Elizabeth Warren opens her damn mouth. Um, no, it's actually Europe that's having privacy coin listing problems more than the US right now. Like, there's no actual legal thing regarding anyway it doesn't really matter people aren't yeah, buying yeah. because they're worried about all that they buy it because they want number go up let's just face it well they want to master crypto yeah which technically does leave a bunch of rich people or yeah, no, you're, so rich you're, people you're mixing two things though you're mixing two different things fundamentals and just simple technical price action during a bull market i strongly advise you to fuck over fundamentals they don't matter they uh, do not no, matter no. at all the only thing that matters is each impulse leads to the subsequent impulses and those FIV extensions are purely based on prior impulse. And so the beauty of Zephyr is, if you look at it compared to like the first run of Carlson or whatever, it just has yeah. a really, really good initial impulse move, which means there's a lot of attention. And all of those people that bought between 52 all the way down to 10 here, these are all people expecting a 10x ROI, right? It's, it's all coin yeah. crypto space. No one's buying this stuff with an expectation of a 2x. They're buying with a 10x expectation. So no, 10 extra 52 it, yeah. bucks is $500. See, see how quick that math works? <laughs> that's all you have to know. Yeah, yeah no, I, I do. And we're, we're talking, yeah, just a good scenario, but people are stupid and shit goes wrong all the time in life. And obviously I'm just being a pessimist now, not because I'm doubting it, because I've got like, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. small. Yeah, like, you can, like, you can, you can of... be a bear for sure. But like the more bearish oh, you I'm... are, the higher the number goes. Because the thing is, the more oh. bearish a person is, that means the less likely that like because the people that buy at this price at size are people with absolutely diamond hands right because like yeah. that's who buys at the bottoms usually so like yeah um but yeah while we're talking it's fourteen thirty now see like it's kind of climbing up as we speak yeah so like as bitcoin takes a breather here what's going to happen is the obvious thing that happens is people are like oh liquidity is flowing back to the market where can i get my highest roi i can get my yeah. highest roi in altcoins obviously and they're just going to buy everything. Like money flows to everything. Like that, it's, it's not, I, I know what you're saying, how it's a case of people are just going to buy whatever, but they're not going to know how to get to that. I mean, yeah, fair enough. It's listed on, uh, is it Mexi or is it the other one? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mexi is now like the top three exchange or something. So it's not, it's not small anymore. Oh, yeah, it's so here's the thing like, yeah, all of the and remember, Kujira is a 500 million market cap and no one knows how to get to it. Yeah, I don't remind you this. Like, and so, yeah, yeah, no, no, you, you make a valid point there. <laughs> yeah, no, nobody uh, knows how to get to it. It's like literally nowhere. It's like it's on Mexi only as far as central exchanges and it's it's 500 million market cap. In fact, I would point out that like Kujira is a good example because. So if you look at Kujira's market cap now, which is about, um, it's like 445 million right now. You know what its trading volume is per day? It was running, actually, a lot of the time it was running less than Zephyr, even though it had like a market cap that was 10 times the size. So the current market cap of um, Kujira, it's trading, 24-hour trading volume to right now is 1.4 million. Let's look for a second at um, Zeph, according to CoinMarketCap. Um, it's running at 754 million per 24 um, hour right now, which means it has a tenth of the market cap of Kajira with half the trading volume. Think about that. Like it's yeah, gonna it, it's undervalued. Zephyr is gonna moon without question. If I had any doubt in my head, like I wouldn't have been buying more, obviously, but I would say it's like by metrics, 
Zephyr is an obvious winner if I've ever seen one in crypto. Like, it's just obvious based on how, like, now, I, I didn't know that for sure, like, before the first impulse, like, you know, because I wouldn't have been able to guess exactly what kind of top we made. And I don't know what type of bottom we would have made. But here's the funny thing. The bigger the retrace, the bigger the pump. Always remember that. Because if you look at how FIB extensions are drawn, you sh if you, no one's ever done this before, you should. Go into TradingView. It's, on, it's free on the internet here, like tradingview.com. Go pull up a chart like Zephyr USDT. Use the FIB retracement tool. Drag it from, on the daily chart, just drag it from the top, which is 52.35. Drag it down to $10 or whatever we drop to. And you'll notice how the further retracement you get, the wider the FIB extensions get to the upside. So what does this mean exactly? Why is that? It's because volatility is a sign of attention. If you don't see volatility, that means no one's paying attention. The deeper your coin dumps, the more people are paying attention in order to sell it, and the more people are paying attention in order to buy it at the bottom. I don't even know how to explain this, but like human psychology-wise, volatility equals winner. The lack of volatility means your coin is fucked, is what it means. Like that's really the bottom line. So you want to see these wild retracements. You want to see things go deeply into the red. As they say, it's like it's almost like a spring. The f further you pull it back, the, the you know the more potential energy there is. And there's you know market reasons for this as well. Like if you buy something with an eighty percent pullback, you are pretty comfortable that you know you hit the bottom. You're pretty comfortable putting in larger amounts of money, and you're comfortable waiting for a ten x. And so therefore, a ten x materializes as everyone waits for the ten x off the bottom. Um, if you bought Zephyr at forty dollars and now you bought it at twenty. You're at least waiting for forty dollars to sell, which was why like previous price becomes resistance, because that buyer at forty dollars who's now pissed off because their their coin's worth ten, maybe they bought more at ten and now they're at forty. They're like, oh, I want to exit this stupid thing. I can't believe it went down. And of course, then it goes up even further. This is just how this stuff works. It's like simple, like this is the way human mind works and whatever. So I think Zeph looks really, really great in terms of retracement. Um, it is the absolute classic crypto chart. It is the exact chart of like, let's say, BTC um, from the top in 2017 all the way to the crash to $6,000 where it stabilized. Then it like created a, a descending wedge and then it crashed to $3,000 capitulation and then off we went. So here with Zephyr, you topped out at 52. You had very sideways action, what looked like a sta stability at about you know 15 to $17. It went sideways for about a month and a half. Then it crashes to $10, which is the capitulation. Now you have this sort of like Adam and Eve pattern going on where it's sort of like building up and then it's gonna then run to next 25 again, then it'll run to 53 again, and then just moon from there. It's, and then of course, like if you bought the bottom, the, that part of your position, you can readily 10 exit. Whereas someone who buys the breakout, like they could come in and buy $52. They're like, you know what? I don't wanna buy this shit unless I'm sure everyone else is gonna buy it. They can do that. But the problem is, is like, you know, the people that bought at 10 have already 5X now, right? So like you can afford to make way more mistakes on your timing after a 70 or 80% retracement than you can if you buy the breakout. And you're like, oh, I don't know. I'm not sure how this is going to, how much it's going to go up. But let's say from $52 breakout, you make it to $200. That's only a 4X, right? So the, the key intuition here is the smart money is buying the retracements and they're in it for the biggest wins. And all you're doing if you come in later is you're just pumping their bags 
um, which is why like, you know, these are the right prices. And if you look at like where BTC is now, and you look at where like the rest of the altcoin space is right now, um, yeah, Zephyr is in a perfect position to sort of like break this like fib level at fourteen seventy or whatever it is. So before I head off to go climbing, yep. I want you to go through the uh, nest and go to the t the first thing I shared at the very beginning, right? Okay. So you see, you see, I shared it earlier today. When I want to first join the space. Look at look at the second picture. <laughs> look at the second one, right? Yeah. No, look at the second back one. I refuse to join the stupidity. Got it. Did no, I but look at the second one. I don't know. I'm not sure. So that second one is basically just giving in, right? Like I'm done. Fine. I just bought more Zeph. <laughs> Literally just did it as you were talking like, then. Like, I was like, yeah, so yeah. I'll, I'll, have no, a, I think... I'll have a gift for you. If it does 20x, I'll have a gift for you. It's, uh, like, you'll, if, you'll like it. Let's, let's set a mark here. Let's say by February 20th. So I left this on my chart. I have like a little, little yeah, error yeah. there. That's the CASPA time period between high back to high, prior high in its initial first cycle back when CASPA began. So that would be like $52 Zephyr back to 52 Zephyr. My theory was it would be approximately CASPA chart given what I've seen so far in its price action. And so yep. far it's lined up perfectly with the CASPA chart, by the way, the initial peak and everything. Someone else posted that recently. So my thought is like, okay, if, if it's gonna run like that, you're literally gonna be at 52 bucks again by the 20th. Today is the okay. night. So we're talking about 11 days from now, approximate, you would be nearly back to all time high or past it. So can things move this quick? Absolutely in crypto. Like these market caps yeah. are basically, remember they're very illiquid. You don't need, so people think like, okay, right now the market cap is you know, 40 mil or some shit, right? People think to go to 400 million, you need to have 350 million. million enter the market or something. This is not true. You, like you only need probably like a few million dollars to push it that high. Well, yeah, you just create a low liquidity situation. And yes, the market, low liquidity yeah. and market makers just moving their ass and the bids and whatever up and everything just sort of moves. So it's like, yeah, it's we should you should expect absolute absurdity. If you did not expect this type of absurdity, you should not even be buying this coin. You should be going buying stocks and shit because like this is the whole yeah. reason why we're here. If it didn't do this, we wouldn't bother. <laughs> It, this is no, no, it's, it's the most degenerate gambling thing that you could possibly fucking do, but it's also got the most odds of paying out. So why yeah, wouldn't I mean, you? It's also a question of like, you know, if you do a 10x on something and it pulls back 80%, you're still up a 2x. Yeah. So it's not that much gambling. It's like, in some ways, stocks and stuff are worse gambling, in my opinion, because here, the only thing you have to harvest is attention. And if you're in a bull run, it's actually fairly reason, reasonable to believe that attention is going to happen. So I, I find it's actually in many ways easier to buy crypto. In fact, I shouldn't have bought any of my stocks the last two years. I know I post a lot of stuff. I should have just bought all like fucking chain link yeah. or something. Done. I would have done a lot of NVIDIA. <laughs> NVIDIA and you, mate, every fucking five minutes or Tesla. Just like, oh, I've got my position here. I've got, I've closed this position. I'm sending going, fucking hell, Seth. All right. Jesus, I thought you were a crypto guy. <laughs> Like, <laughs> like yeah, I, I would I would like if I just simply bought like I don't know chain link or something you know during the bear market I would have already been ahead compared to all my stocks. So sometimes I feel stupid for even buying stocks at all. But if you like, bought bonk as well, same thing there. Like you know, if you bought that? bonk, you'd have been a really a bonk. You'd have been a, a really rich owner. man. <laughs> but the thing is, like I you know, well, part of it is it's my wife's money, and she'd probably like you know take me in the ass if I bought too much crypto because. 
uh, unlike me, she can't handle the volatility as much. She's like, how much is my money worth? And I tell her and she's like, what? And so <laughs> it gets kind of funny. How, wait, how much is my money worth? <laughs> not, not ours, mine. So she, like, she, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. she doesn't really care. She just gives me the money to do whatever I want. But the point is like, she's um, like, I she's the accountant of the family. I try to do some of the things she says just so she feels like she has some like say over where her money goes and she's the one that earns it. Oh, fuck it. Yeah. Happy wife, happy life. You're giving her the illusion yeah, exactly. of happiness. Yeah. It's Not an illusion mention, of control. Like, women are way more emotional for price action, man, like big time. Like you'll like oh, I'll yeah. be like, oh, the position's down fifty percent. I'm like, whatever, fuck all, and I'll buy more. And and she'll be like, What the fuck's going on here? Like, why is it down so much? She'll she'll still think like that. It's funny because like she's been in crypto more than most people have like and she still thinks like that right so like yeah, but she's in crypto hard. isn't the same as in crypto isn't the same as being in crypto it's just well, you've in, been... in crypto meaning of the amount of her money that was in crypto probably exceeds 90 percent of all people on this planet probably yeah like fair enough. her, her okay. personal wealth right like so yeah she wasn't managing it but like i was and the reality is, like, she still doesn't get it, even after all this time. She just can't handle the volatility. Yeah, but she doesn't want to get it. She she knows that her hubby's going to do the job, so it's like, oh, fuck it, he can do it. Yeah, like, yeah, but in her head, though, she doesn't, like, she, like mentally, she, like, she can't handle the volatility. Yeah, like, it, it's an emo she, she'd be an emotional investor if she, uh, if she, if she, if yeah, she was the like one doing it. It's like when yeah. you first start out with these things, and you're, like, you're over, you know, you're worried about it too much. You can't, like... You either get too excited or too worried. It's one of the yeah, other, depending on what happens. Night, she's like, oh no, what's like, is it gone up yet? Is it gone up yet? Is it gone up? Oh my God, it went down, it went down, it went down. You know, like, it's too much of that going on in her head. You, you don't sound too happy about that, Seth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, In fact, you, you sound rather annoyed. <laughs> yeah, you don't, you don't need your, like, women thinking about this shit on all seriousness. And it's not a question. No, you don't, you don't. Whatever. Like, well, first of all, if one of you is thinking about this shit, that's one too many to some extent. You certainly don't need two fucking people in the family thinking about this shit. Um, it'd be yeah. like two. It's like two people in the same family obsessing, like playing like MMORPGs or something. Like trying like, to be the best. Kids, <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. someone's got to care about other shit. If you have a balanced family, I'm serious. Like, like, okay, fine. Yeah, I agree. Your wife's a crypto geek. Okay, you need to stop being one. And that's really what it, what it means. And by that you mean if she was a crypto geek, you'd tell her "fuck off." This is my thing. Go away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You definitely don't want to. If you're a crypto dude, you certainly as fuck don't want a crypto woman to match up with. That's for sure. Oh, no, especially when you don't want to have to keep justifying your posts every five minutes to someone that. Yeah. 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 No, Bruce but is no, right about this one. He's like, I'd rather have the girl that is not tainted by like social technology. media. I'd rather have the girl. Yeah, that no, no. Is Same not a crypto dork, right? Yeah, no, no, fuck that. Like, you know, what? I, right. I don't mind, I don't mind a geek for a girlfriend, but I don't need a girl that's like, yeah, like, like he's a corrupted by it all. Someone that can like just step away from it all and be like, I don't give a single fuck. <laughs> no, you want to, you want a woman with basically like good, like emotional intelligence. You don't want someone that's like, um, you know, a crypto sadist. You know, like yeah. <laughs> willing to see like ten percent drops in the value of their portfolio and still be okay mentally. That requires yeah, a special sort of like autistic energy you or know, someone that so sits there like you know doing psyopses yeah. against a dying chain it's like still by liquidity. energy right it is it's it, we're actually pretty fucked up oh <laughs> yeah we have to be a little bit fucked to, to tolerate it oh god right though dude i'm gonna go climb for a few hours always yeah, a treat it, buddy man. and uh good luck with the charts and fingers crossed yeah. uh you're, you're 50, right you're at 48k bitcoin now so we'll be fine 
Oh shit, is it hit 48? Oh, fucking hell. Maybe the ball run has started. That or like a Black Swan event's about to happen. But <laughs> it, yeah, it's always I'll, the way though, isn't it? We see some tracks. Yeah, there. don't fucking buy Bitcoin now unless you're an imbecile. Yeah, you definitely, yeah. it's all straight up alts now for sure. I mean, Everything even if Bitcoin now. was to just magically hit a million now, I wouldn't even give a shit. Yeah. Like, you know, it's just the you case. Like, a, like, unless you're playing leverage BTC, you're a moron for buying it now. Like, what the, like, what, what are you doing? Like, yeah, you're, you're late. You're, you're late. Like, it's a simple like, It's no value, no purpose. It, you're just late. That's it. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, take anyway. it for example, you know, you could have bought Zephyr at 12 bucks and now we're at 1450. That's a much better play than watching a little bit of a Bitcoin move, right? So, I mean, I mean, maybe not. It depends on how much the, the little Bitcoin move is. If it's literally what I just said magically to a million, maybe not. But no, uh, I'm talking about with the current move, not the. Theoretically. Oh yeah, yeah. With, with the potential well, upside. Well, here's yeah, the thing: if, if BTC went to a million, well, everything's going to moon to like a gig of millions. Like it's going to be like the multiples you'd see would be obnoxious. But I anyway. would pay money to see fucking Elizabeth Warren's and Bernie Sanders' face. I'm not going to lie; like I would pay so much money to see their face Trust at that point because they would just be angry. What's up? If Bitcoin hits a million, yep. <laughs> you're going to um, find. Hey guys, uh, Gram, did you have something to say? We're just banter here. Yep, I'm off. Much love. Uh, there would be fights in the streets, noob. See you later. Bye. Hello. Oh, What's up? What are you doing, man? Mm, I'm trying to host a crypto summit in my city, Wakanda. Why do you change your thing every five minutes? Hold on, let me get to unrelated. We, we like see if we have anything new to say. <laughs> What's up, bull? <laughs> What's going on? Something new on to hear. No, I'll just check with unrelated here. To, like, if he has anything, we're trying to keep the combo mm. specific to crypto here and not your random, Sophie, too much you random bullshit. <laughs> What's going on? Can you hear me, Sophie? Unrelated, you there? Can you guys hear him okay? Or it's just me? Yes, I can hear you. Absolutely fine. No, I'm talking about unrelated. The other guy is here. Anyway, yeah, BTC just is 48.1. Uh, <clears throat> Chainlink made it to 18.50. Zephyr is at 14.60 and will probably break out of this FIB level. I think uh, we ought to see it hitting probably like around, I don't know. I, I'm suspecting, like I said, by the 20th or 21st, I'm guessing. We hit prior high for Zephyr at 52 bucks fairly quickly. Once BTC liquidity starts flowing in, Never, never what underestimate the pump. This month or next month? No, February 21st, I'm thinking we're in, in 10 days or so. I think we're going to be at 52 bucks again, Zephyr, oh, my guess. Vikram, I hope you got some. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking like it could be even faster than that. Actually, the parabolic move this most recent time was even quicker than that. Like you could jump to like even 130 bucks within 10 days. $130 Zephyr would not be unsurprising at all. A 10x uh, would be reasonable. In fact, the last run was a 25x, so a 10x would be from here would be about um, somewhere between 130 to 200 dollars. It's like 145, 150 bucks that range. Be very, very feasible. So we'll see how it goes. Um, good times. Um, no, I think if um, my theory on BTC was that it would just run to all-time high, like. There's just not that many resistance points, and there's no FUD for BTC at this point. There's literally nothing keeping it down. 
you have ETFs all over the place, so people can buy it wherever the hell they want. How long? And How long uh, um, well, if you just look at any prior times we went to these levels, we're really talking about March. You could hit all-time high for BTC by March potentially. Um, quite quite fast. Um, now that's now the faster it goes up, the more likely you get a pullback, um, obviously. But it wouldn't surprise me if you went to like, let's say, back to prior high, which is like 69K or so. Maybe you drop back down to this level, like 49,760. Because it wouldn't surprise me if we broke the FIB at 50K, a bunch of leverage would pump, leverage would pump us to like 69. And then you have a big dump um, to liquidate them. Maybe pull back down to 50 and then run from there. And then next step would be like 103. 127 those kinds of numbers um spx also just broke five thousand, right yeah someone mentioned also um that the spx like there's a two-month lag between oftentimes when mm, btc tops out in spx as well in terms of price action someone had a tweet or something Mm, there's just some some kind of a time difference yeah, a little bit of a lag, but like BTC does flow with the stock market a little bit, obviously. Nice liquidity, right? It yeah. It should correlate more I, with the stock market with ETFs because like people can sell right in their funds, right? They can sell directly to um they can sell directly to the ETF fund if they sell like their mm-hmm. NVIDIA or some shit. So far, they're still not in these mutual things, right? Like where the company buys something, what you can't really do anything. It's like you have this sort of stuff in the US where they just buy some investment package for you. And unless you leave the company, you can't trade out of it. Yep. Ultra was around here before. He just tweeted like he sold his remaining soul to buy Zephyr. Probably why this yeah. is like. <laughs> yeah, the upside for Zephyr is way better than it is for Solana. Get out of here. Um, Zephyr only has to go a little bit up from here, and you'll easily do much better than Solana. Like, <laughs> 2x from here is like a joke. Trying to get Solana to 2x is like a serious act of Jesus um, at this point. <laughs> like, it'll happen, but like, it, you know, it takes a lot longer. <clears throat> So yeah. do you do this? So do you think it's a, it's like a real price action? I think it's like some kind of bull trap. What does that even mean, man? There's no such thing as bull and bear traps. Just nonsense. Yes, because it's, you know, just, like, it's like, just people trying to uh, imagine that there's some way to predict how this thing works. Um, still, Bitcoin halving is like hundred, say like two months away. You know, like sixty yeah. days. That's good. Yeah, yeah, we're not even at previous highs, so it's not. It's fine. You know, no, you, you missed out the point I was talking about before. This is a twenty. This looks like twenty sixteen again. Where probably like what's summer. It, what's is, This will run first, and then you'll summer. You'll have a dump, and then it'll run again afterwards. Probably, my guess. What's it, what exactly is a bull trap? I mean, is this, is this like a lady boy that you figure out after you paint <laughs> or something? A bull trap, in the theory, yeah. like theoretically, is where like. You know, you think, that, you know, the market's good, you know, conditions look bullish, the chart looks bullish, but then like it goes the other way. And um, people put in leverage positions and get wrecked. Um, yeah. Some okay. some coins are notorious for that shit, by the way. Chainlink in particular is notorious for that shit. Like 
oh, look, the chart looks awesome. It looks like it's going to moon. And then it goes the other way. Like that definitely happens with Chainlink in the, in the past a lot last season. So you got to be careful. But, but as long as the whole market's yeah. moving upwards, you know, most likely everything pumps. What, you know, the injective token is the only token. You, you cannot see any kind of bull trap. You know, they are the real good. Like a vibranium <laughs> type of shit. Okay. Like they have like vibranium type of power in their blockchain. Mm, so far, Injective off its recent bottom, $31 and moved to 35 mm, Zephyr's already outperformed it already. I tried to explain to you what would happen. But Injective's problem is its, it's uh, market cap is relatively high. Risk-reward ratio is average, I would say. Mm. It's definitely like, easy to get a girlfriend if you hold Zeph. Yeah. Kajira's already moved from $3 to $3.67, for example. So already Kajira's like was a better bottom buy compared to Injective. So Injective's okay. It's like whatever, but like there's just better opportunities, I think. Unrelated when you Yo. you 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 had a hard time connecting last time. Jack, Jack, hello. Can you hear me? Yeah, you're good. You're good now. What's up, man? Oh, okay, sweet. I don't. I think. Uh, I think my sound device got changed. I could hear you the oh, whole good. time. Um, oh, good. but uh, hey, man, what's up? I'm just. Uh, I'm just. Not, what are you buying? Spending my morning shitcoining for the most okay, part. Cool. Um, I've been you're getting uh, ready to get I'm, rich. I take it. I, I'm trying, dude. I. Uh, All right. I'm. I'm not very good at like the math based approach like you are, so that's why I appreciate your posts and um and your insight into different coins. I have been taking a look at uh at Zephyr since you've been shilling it and I I really like the chart right now. Um like I said I'm not very good at the math based approach but what I am very good at is like pattern recognition and mm -hmm. like seeing kind of the lengths of uh when accumulation and distribution phases happen in different coins and comparing them. And yeah. I see a lot of similarities actually between Zeph right now and Tau before it ran up like 10x. Um that, that whole that yeah. whole move down is pretty much the same. I'm gonna. Oh um, yeah. I'll yeah, I see it. Like so, uh, Tau. Back in May was at 29. Went to like 78. Dipped to 41. Um. Well, which move are you talking about? The the most. Oh yeah, their most recent impulse move. So yeah, from October 20th, Tau went from like let's say $46 it ran to um i just tagged you in a post um 390 bucks yeah and then it pulled back to about 191 so how much of a retracement was that that was percentage wise it pulled back like um 50% so it actually is a little bit more aggressive than zephyr in that sense um it 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 didn't pull back as much but also Tau, uh, like, I'm not sure. Wait, hold on. Let me. What's the best exchange to get the best price chart for Tau? By the way, Was I used like, I used MEXC. Um, I just tagged you in a post comparing the charts. Just a little thing that I found. Oh, okay, let me let me pull that up one second. Um, let's see, how do I pull this shit up here? Um. I don't know why, but like when I'm host on this thing, I can't find the stuff I'm tagged to as easily. Hold on. Mm. It should be the first post on my page. I don't know if you could go to that. But... Oh, on your page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, let me go to that. 
Should be good. Uh, okay, so this is the... Okay. Oh, so it, have... it didn't... Um, That's so weird. It, uh, oh, when, when, I, when I tag people... Here, let me do dot... Because then it, 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 it does that weird thing where you know if you can do, do if you have If you have the post, you can actually post it up top here. You just simply hit share button and you share with the name of the room and it will pop up. Oh, okay, so let me try that. You should be able to pull it pretty easy. But yeah, I'm trying to find a good Tau price chart. But yeah, like typically in crypto, like pullbacks of like three months to six months are pretty standard. And we're reaching kind of like the 90 day mark. I just use sort of Caspa as a benchmark sort of like popular uh, proof of work and looked at that to compare what Zephyr's doing. And that puts us like back to prior high at 52 bucks in about 11 days. And for those who are in disbelief that that can happen, look at any crypto chart and look how fast you go from a retracement back to prior high. You're usually talking about a week or two at most. Things move really fast when they move. And like, if you have a lot of money, the, the more money you put in something, the more disbelief you have that it can go any higher. <laughs> That's the funny thing. You're like, oh, this is never going to go because that would make me really, really rich. So like, <laughs> there's this kind of like interesting disbelief that happens, but you just have to pull up some prior charts and people see this. But yeah, here we go. He put up the, we can see it now. Um, yeah, let's see what happened here. Mm, yeah, exactly. Perfect. Yep. So yeah, Tao also had a classic um, sort of like, you know, it had like an area where it flattened out back um, in the latter part of December to January. And then like it capitulated again, fell down to another accumulation range, uh, same as F is doing exactly. And then Tao already broke out from that, correct? Oh yeah, yeah. Tao was up like... 10 or 12x or something and already kind of had its own re-accumulation and redistribution and went even higher than its first initial yeah. so this was early tau though is that the, that chart is right there correct yeah this do is you remember what, do you remember what the market cap was at that time or no um let's see it was 40 bucks a coin and there's 21 million it's just like bitcoin um in that okay. regard so 40 times 21 million yeah, FDV would have been like so. It was like eighty-four mil market cap. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, something. The reason like I the reason I asked that is because um, so the way that um, this kind of works is um, the time lengthens with higher market cap um, because right. Er, and the reason why that happens is because in small market caps you have basically very little real liquidity anyway, so the pumps are ridiculously fast. But they're also not like real money in the sense that you have to have price discovery to the downside. And then the, the each pump brings attention. Attention brings cash. That cash solidifies the next bottom. And then you can run to the next thing up when you bring like 10x more money, 10x more users, whatever it is. And then you can get to the next run. And And so each of those moves requires an exponentially higher number of people and money. So as a result, you can imagine... Uh, it just takes longer, and that's why this happens. So, if when you're comparing charts like Casper or Tau to something else, small market cap, you should always compare at those similar market cap le cap levels, and then you can say, okay, how many days did it take, and just pull a date 
thing. And, you know, for like Casper, at least it was like, and the way I look at it is some easily measurable distance. And that distance would be like the prior high retracement back to prior high is an easily identifiable set of like markers. Um, and so that's that like peak to peak or whatever you want to call it, you know, the bull being formed. That's kind of how I time it personally. And then I'm like, all right, for Casper, that was 90 days approximately. So if Zephyr follows something similar, we get back to prior high within about 11 days, you know, plus or minus a week or whatever. It's, these things are never obviously perfect. And general market conditions and all also matter. So, um, but it, at least it lets you kind of use your imagination and go, okay, what what should I plan for? Let's say, okay, I should set expectations, you know, three, four months, and I'll look at it again at that time. The reason why that's important is a lot of people, what happens is you'll notice this, they'll get upset with their coin because it's not moving. They're like, oh, I've been waiting two months and the fucking thing is down. Like, what do I do? What do I do? Maybe it's not going to go up. Maybe it's not going to go up. I'm going to sell it and I'm going to go buy something else. And the problem is you just simply haven't waited long enough. And you haven't even waited long enough you know, like compared to other bullish coins that have done this sort of thing. And then you get people get upset. And the part of the reason why people get upset is because they're on crypto Twitter and you see other shit mooning while your shit is sitting still. And that pisses people off to no end. <laughs> like it just makes people impatient. Yeah. Time and then capitulation you wind up... is way worse than price capitulation for people to be able to like mentally handle. Oh yeah, for sure. So like between the capitulation and the time, you know, that you have to spend in the red while you're worried whether your money is like, you know, going to be worth something or not. All of that wrecks people and people get become impatient. So the thing about when you get a coin that you think is a good project and has good attention, and if like you're not buying when it's retracing 80%, like you have to ask yourself, what the fuck are you doing in this space in all seriousness? Like you really like have to be doing that. And the reason for that is because like you can lower your cost basis so dramatically in crypto, even if you made an error at one price, you can like double your buy at an 80% lower and completely overwhelm your previous basis or even triple your buy or even more. So the reality is like allocate small and then escalate on the way down. Um, take advantage of the volatility, take advantage of the red. And then, you know, you can get the upside and whatever and then decide you know, based on your thesis, how long you're going to hold the thing or whatever. And then don't get impatient with the retracements. It's super important. Um, and don't get distracted either, because if you have something, so here's the thing, here's how this always works out. Your coin has retraced 70%. On the other hand, over here, exhibit B, your coin, this other coin is about to break out from its previous, um, you know, cup or whatever. It's It's made its way back it looks like confirmation and you're, you're going to go and pick it up. And what has happened in crypto over the years is so many people buy those confirmations that, and they buy with leverage and stuff that you find that a lot of coins will crash instead of going up. Like you think they will, they'll, they'll form like a cup and handle instead, or they'll do something else in the meantime. So you're still waiting on that coin to go up. You thought it was going to go up immediately. You're still waiting. In the meantime, the coin in exhibit A that you could have just simply bought the very bottom at now also catches up to the other one. And you don't have a great new position there either. And then you buy that one and then you're waiting while that is the same thing. It drags. So like the 70 to 80% retracement is just the magic crypto destination where you start picking up coins. 
Um, and really, depending on how bullish you are, you can start at 50% and below, and that should be fine. Um, maybe you'll get some coins that are too expensive, or like, you know, there are other coins that like 50% retracement is, you know, that's all it does. So you, you, you won't get any lower, depending on how bullish it is and how much attention there is on that coin that you get those dip buyers, right? So anyway, these, this is kind of the thinking here. Um, but I think between 50 to 90% retracement, the vast majority of the time you can, you know, add to your bags and uh, be fine and be doing the right thing more often than not. And, and the thing is like, you'll never be hundred percent sure, like just cause you got the bottom on this coin that it's going to moon or whatever. But in crypto, in a bu early bull market, everything moons. And I mean, everything that, you know, by, by that, I mean like minimum 300% and stuff, if not much more. So you don't have to be too, too right to do fairly well. Now you might be upset that someone else bought the thing that went a thousand X and you're like, holy shit, I would have Lambo if I had bought that instead. But that's the thing, like if you spread yourself too thin and you buy lots of things, yeah, one of those things will moon. But the number of people that just happen to pick the exact right coin that does the thousand X, that number is going to be relatively small. Um, and the ones that bought those coins at size are going to be even smaller, meaning they, they spent their whole life savings on it. And so now they're like, you know, giga billionaires or whatever, uh, you know, so like that becomes very lottery mentality, like, and, you know, quite a bit more dangerous. I think it's anyway. going to be even worse this cycle too, because the, um, you think because wow. it's so oversaturated, like the amount of coins and the amount of like honestly viable coins that have half decent oh. tech is like so high up now it's going to go from like 10 percent of people making 90 percent of the money to one percent of people making 99 percent of the money you know what i mean oh really like, you think that's it's like that's, that's i i feel like there's so many more fish in the pond even if the fish are smaller i don't know though maybe there will be so much more money coming in this cycle that it'll it'll just dwarf it but that's kind I of don't know what, like opinion. right now, like as of, as of the last six months, I don't know what proportion of like the crypto sphere worth of people have been already buying and how many people are like still on the sidelines and yet to come. Uh, I'm not sure what that looks like exactly, but I do know that like Google search trends have not picked up at all yet. Um, in fact, let me Retail's look at totally now. unaware. I mean, like you could, you could call some of CT retail, but like anybody I've yeah. met in real life has no real clue life. what's going on in crypto. Yeah. They, pro they don't even know what Bitcoin's price is right now. For example, if you ask man on the street, how much is Bitcoin now? They'd be like, I don't know. Literally no one. Yeah. There's like a couple people, like younger people that I talk to that are into Robin hood right now. Like I, I see a little bit of the Robin hood trend kind of picking up again, like it did in uh -huh. 2020, but there's really no attention to the crypto space. Yeah, if you have Robinhood, you might be getting some alerts. Um, let's look at, so Chainlink's a good bellwether. Ooh, okay. Um, yeah, this suggests we're about to moon. So um, so if you look at the way Google Trends works over a five-year time frame, um, you've got like level 100, meaning like the top, the highest level of attention or searches it's ever had was August 2020 time period. The bull market um, during 2021, it only reached a level 66 in attention. Um, in, uh, May of 2021, it reached 77, but actually that was, I think around the time it put in its high attention dropped off dramatically after that. And, um, we were as low in December on Chainlink as level 13 on, um, Google trends. And now we popped up to 27. So Chainlink is about to fucking go ballistic 20. It hasn't been 27 in quite a long time. 
Um, we're talking like, this would be like early August 2020 type level. So I suspect we're going to just absolutely moon on ch like Chainlink is one example. It's just a good one because like it's been around a bit. So you get good Google trend data on it. But like, mm, I think it'll hit all time high in no time is my guesstimation, especially if BTC keeps running. If BTC attempts to break all time high, alts are just going to fucking moon. Like <laughs> just no question about it. But um, yeah, the Google trends on Chainlink picking up to 27 is impressive. That's a good launch. It, it was 30 on uh, November 5th to 11th, which is the last time it pumped. So I think the next move, take for example, Chainlink, I think it'll move next to um, like either just straight go to all time high over the next couple months, or it'll run to like 32, the next fib level up fast, like this month is my guesstimation. Yeah, never, never fade like uptrend on google trends because it takes a lot of people fucking searching to reach this level on 27 on, on chain link um so yeah just like the, the the attention is what really matters um and the metrics usually what happens is price goes up first and then the uh attention pops so chain link was um at like 14 during this consolidation on january 2024 that time period and it like nearly doubled um since then with just a move of the price to $18. So a lot more attention on it for sure and their social media is buzzing too like with nonstop posts and shit so I think we're good. But um let me actually let me look at something else like um let's look at Zephyr um see how many search terms for Zephyr there are. Um so it popped um well let me see zephyr protocol maybe i'm not sure like what people would search on here but let's take a quick look um google searches for zephyr protocol were topped out november 19th to 25th at four, level 47 um in august it was about 42 so that was kind of like the peak right after Zephyr pump. Now there's not really good date good data on here, but right now the number of searches for Zephyr is sitting like like at eight or something uh, in terms of the it's sort of like relative level. So yeah, and so usually in crypto what happens is when the search hits are low, relatively speaking, that's good because that means you you don't have much FOMO and whatever in the mix because new people are the ones that buy this with after searching. Um it's what I do. Like I go and look up on Google what, what the thing is about, find their website, whatever. Um, but um, when, so you want to buy when the search trends are really, really abysmal. And then uh, when nobody cares about it is when the price is lowest. And price is a meme. So when price goes up, searches then start flowing in. And that's how these sort of bull markets begin. And with each sort of impulse move, a bunch of new bag holders shows up, right? So let's say Chainlink goes to $32 next and you have buyers in the 20 to 30 dollar range then it dumps back down to 20 again well all those bag holders are wondering what they're they, you know they've got their luggage and they're like okay i'm packed but like my price is down <laughs> like so they, they keep looking to wait to see when their money goes up and then they call their friends and like oh buy this thing i bought it so the number goes up so everyone's friends become sort of like their exit liquidity to some extent and uh, it goes on and on and then that's how you get like a one or one and a half year bull run of people just spreading the news anyway um, but yeah, you can do this trick on Google Trends. It's pretty easy to do. Just look up whatever coins. In fact, let's look at Bitcoin for a second. Let's see what 
with where we are with that. That's a useful metric. Um, here we go. So Bitcoin's peak in terms of search trend, its highest in the last five years was at uh, May of 2021. Mm, let's see here. And it had a level 79 at June 2022. Was that during like crash period or what? I remember why it was up there. And then um, it climbed to level 45 in January, and now it's down to like 15. So yeah, not very many people are searching BTC right now, which is bullish. Um, that's good. Like you want it to come up. It comes up after people start seeing the price pump. And to have the price pump and have nobody paying attention is super bullish. Because that means that like the yeah, man on the street hasn't come to buy yet. So Yeah, I think that's really good perspective because like, it's easy to get wrapped up in an echo chamber on CT and be like, oh, like I'm so late. Like everybody's already into chain link. Yeah. Like, Are you really? Chain link. But yeah. I, I, I genuinely think most people on CT don't even know what chain link does. Like, honestly, like oh, I know yeah. I didn't until like a couple of years ago. No, most of us don't know anything. Like, yeah. <laughs> and we, and even those of us that do know a little bit, like I haven't gone like, I'm not digging into code and shit like this. I'm like, just kind of like looking at the general principles. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, like we, we all have like our depth of field or whatever when it comes to these things, depth of knowledge. And uh yeah, it varies a lot. But yeah, I think the the looking at different metrics and social metrics as well helps. Um, you know, like when price went up, how many people showed up to look up this thing? Um, you had mentioned Tau. Let's see, that's BitTensor, right? Yes. Let me and see. And that really didn't even get a pop until it hit like 300 or something because i remember seeing that at like 45 mm -hmm. and um i don't know if you know al god on ct uh -huh. he was yeah, chilling. Yeah. he was like the big one that was pushing it um and he was like i went all in basically at 45 let's see how it goes and at 10x from there and i i totally missed the boat yeah um bit tensor for whatever it's worth um peaked in search activity so far uh november 19th 25th and then also hit a hun level 100 on uh, December 10 to 16th. Um, it pulled back during this like consolidation period uh, to 41 and then jumped to, it's now at 93. So attention's definitely picking up as it's running. You said sure. it peaked at like November 19th around? Yeah, well, December 10th to 16th, it hit 100. And now we're at 93 again. So we're probably going to get create a new peak in attention there more than likely uh is my guess here oh that you know what i picked up just the u.s version of this let's see about the yeah you get better resolution on the worldwide worldwide it hit like november 19th it hit 93 and currently it's top it's technically at 100 if you look at january 28th to february 3rd worldwide it's probably a better metric so yeah it's 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 kind of like toppy when it comes to metrics right now but that could also be because we haven't hit the top remember there's not much price history for bit tensor so you can't really so the problem with using it to sell the top is like the way google trends works you're at 100 and you continue to be at 100 if you keep making new higher search hits for the next few months so the problem is right. you don't know when that stops right like the when the musical chairs stop you won't know all you know is you're on the up, upswing so you can only use it like you can only use Google Trends a lot if 
to any real meaning if you have a lot of history on it as opposed to something brand new. Gotcha. Yeah, and Tao as an example, like that November 19th would have essentially been the top. Like that was the first top. And then it kind of chopped up for like two months, which is Mm -hmm. I'm assuming that's where the metrics were falling down. And now that it's pumping again, it's probably coming back up. That's crazy. Yep. 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 So like, yeah, everything like pretty much everything I have is kind of on the move. Um, uh, Yeah. One thing or the other. Most of the almost every chart I have is up or everything in my portfolio. That's good. yeah, it, it, the beautiful thing is like we're early enough at this season. Um, if people, anybody that's paying attention, either during bull market or during this pullback, like still at this moment, almost everything we're talking about is a good buy. Honestly, like I wouldn't have a problem telling my friends and family about any of these coins at most of these prices, like especially on alts. BTC, eh, like okay, you know, it hits all time high. It, you know goes from 47k to 70 that's cool but like if it does like the rest of the alts are absolutely going to blow that away in terms of roi so it's obvious like you're going to go down the risk curve if you're going to bother to make any money on this um but yeah kujira is running already um yeah i think yeah i don't know everything looks like it really is set up nicely for a good run back to their prior highs or have like maybe a pump pull back and then run up but not too much longer it's just the timing look fits for a hey, run hey, sir, i have a question like mm-hmm. do you guys know the dope kujira guy is he man or omen i think he's a man or omen kujira so like, dope, dope it's a guy, it's a guy. yeah i've spoken to him why Oh, it looks like he, he looks like Omen, you know, his face <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I'll, I'll be sure like... to pass it on to him. Yeah. He, he could use the feedback probably as a, as a founder or whatever. <laughs> Man, you look like a woman. Like, what's with this Kujira brand? Um, yeah, I mean, so you want to make sure injective pumps and not Kujira, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm not which is really important to yeah. So you're you're not yes. diversified. You're what are you all in injective or something? Like what are you doing? Yes, I absolutely. I totally diversified. Every everything is my portfolio is all about injective and my country. You know, like you can you you know the Wakandian. All the Wakandians are follow my uh, crypto advice. The the Waka Indians. Yeah. Wakan, no, Waka Indians, not Wakandans, it's Wakandans. Wakandans, okay, Wak- yeah. Yes, and even, you know, my rhinos in my cities, like whales, rhinos, all these uh-huh. creatures, listen to my crypto shillings when I talk. So it's like a festival, so we are going to host some kind of um, crypto events in my Wakanda cities. Really, and like like we maybe have, dances or something, like a crypto. Yes, dance. we are going to work. Yes, you know yeah. because no injective is the only blockchain that can hold the power of vibranium. You know, we hold the power of vibranium. Yeah. Yes. Yes, it's a really powerful blockchain. This is why we select in, injective because our king died. You know, and he something bought like a hundred, like what for ten Your million. King died. Yeah. No, my king, king, oh, the, king the king died. 
Okay. Yes. Two years. So you need, to, like, you need to regrow your um, your civilization. No, actually, the main problem is he is the main guy who hold the money of the our country's treasury, and right. he converted converted the whole money into Bitcoin. I heard and that. And he died, and the wallet every Bitcoin got stuck, and right now we are having recessions. This is why you know we are struggling. We are now selling Bitcoin to the outside. So Wakanda is like contributing to hyper Bitcoinization. Exciting times. Yes, yes. Yes, this is why we're shifting into inject. Yeah. Hey, up. What are you doing, man? Are you? You. It's been a bit. Been my, yeah, it's been a bit. I've been uh, working in where real you, life, trying to. Um, yeah, I've been. Is my is my <laughs> mic working? Is am I yeah, can hear me? Good. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I've been uh, working in real life, man. Just trying to get caught up back now in the crypto worlds. Oh, really? Yeah. Was that was that Bikram? Or is is, yeah, is, is it? Bikram. I was yeah. gonna say because uh, it looks like Jerome Powell. <laughs> Yes, it's it's Jerome Powell. This you man know? has more alts than uh, you know anybody. I was trying to figure out if he was trying to be anonymous about it, but then like I looked at his Jerome Powell profile and he like kept retweeting himself. So that's why I asked. I wasn't gonna ask if it wasn't obvious. <laughs> Keep retweeting himself. He's got an account army there. Yes, it's Jerome Powell. It's one hundred percent real profile, and you can ask anybody. Yeah, anyone in Wakanda knows for sure. Yes, even rhinos knows these things. Rhinos knows these. What's a what's a rhino? Do you you don't know about the Wakandian rhinos? No. What does that mean? Yes, they got some supernatural powers. You know, like a rhino. They can predict. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. The animal. Okay. Yes. All right. I didn't know about this, but like I. Probably need to do my research. Yes, our kids grow and playing with rhinos, you know? This is why Wakandians are so strong. Oh, nice. Oh, up, um, uh, Noob was pointing out earlier that Zeph BTC chart actually is interesting. That, really? Uh, I haven't looked at that. That um, there's a FIB level for, um, on the Zeph versus BTC, right about here. At the current price, and it's just kind of moving above that. So um, that would imply moving up. Like, yeah, if we break out here, it's like I think we get back quickly on the yeah um, on the dollar yeah, chart. That's probably to like twenty five bucks or something. Pretty quick. Yeah, I need to buy more. My theory with Zeph though is that we, if we run the Casper numbers and the timing from like peak to peak, um, we should maybe theoretically be back to all-time high Zeph within about 10 days. Isn't that Zephyr swap launching right now too? Yeah. So that's the other catalyst. We're about to see that around that same time. So yeah, I think February 28th would be perfect because like if we get to right around the prior high around that time, now you have the swap launching and people like want to maybe deploy some LPs or something. Um, that can be pretty awesome. Yeah. 1475 now making good progress. So we're up 11% while BTC is up like 4.86% on my trading view thingamajig. So we're in good shape. Um, in fact, yeah. I think going to FOMO market by it, I think. Yeah, you probably should. Like, it's probably time to, whatever you're planning on allocating, be done with it, I think. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I had a little bit more. more. I was 13. waiting for it to quit bleeding, but it does look like it's done. So 
No, I think the market's done bleeding generally. Timing wise, we're right about there. We have a perfect like, because remember Zephyr had that like fourteen to seventeen dollar like flat period, and then it capitulated, and then we capitulated to like ten, and then now it's like, you know, probably anything lower than ten is greed at this point. So I think we're good. Yeah, that's what I was waiting. Is just to, you know how like we we you see those flat areas and then they drop again, and then you're like shit, I should have waited. That's why I kept yeah. waiting. But it looks like we're up to the point now where we're back. We're going back up. Yeah, it's cla- it was classic proof of work chart, pretty much. Standard yeah. peak, standard impulse move with like standard like, you know, descending wedge type of thing. And then kind of like bouncing off of some theoretical support, but then eventually capitulating again down to the 80% level. Um, so yeah, it looks beautiful now. Mm, yep, Kajira's looking good. Everything's looking good, really. What Are you having any new coins besides the few that we've been talking about for the last several months um no i kept it simple so like i can go through real quick i add it so i have like a metric fuck ton of chain link um just because i think the the they have like ongoing narratives i just pointed out that there's you know google trends is really spiking now so you're gonna have a lot of new people showing up for that i've got my zephyr added more of that all the way down i got kujira added more of that all the way down to the retracement um Let's see. I haven't really. I bought a little bit of Levana too high, and I just left it there. Haven't really messed too much with it. Haven't added too much either. That was one of those like you know Cosmos coins. Uh, then you, ha- I got a little bit of Doge um, because its chart was wrecked pretty much. I bought Litecoin because its chart was wrecked. I bought Monero because it had a dump the other day. Did you miss? Did you see that Monero dump by the way? Up. Did you happen to notice that? It dumped because of uh, Binance delisting it. So they um, dropped suddenly from like 170 down to 100. So I picked up some right around here at about 120. So grabbed what, a little bit of that. The, what's the metric fuck ton of link? Is that a one star general or something? <laughs> it's like, no, no, it's, oh, you mean on that list? <laughs> it's up there, but it's not like, uh, it's it's too much. Let's put it this way. <laughs> like, um, yeah, if it does well, um, yeah, like a person could retire or something. <laughs> like, you know, it's like a lot. Um, anyway, so I got plenty of that. And then I got Dimension. Um, and I bought Dimension um, pretty much like at three bucks, sold it at, mm, I think, 650 or something. Uh, so I sold it, no, I sold it at seven actually. So I sold it like about a 2x approximately, half of it. Um, and then I took the other half, uh, so I took half of it and I kept it as dimension and the other half, I took it to Adam, sent it to Mexi and then convert to Zephyr at about 13 bucks. So doing fine there as well. So like, um, yeah, I just basically got myself some free, um, free, uh, dimension by writing that little pump, selling half of it, taking my initial and buying Zephyr with it. Voila. So that's that's gone well. See, so yeah, everything's looking good today. Um, just playing, 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 playing with a few coins here and there. Um, but yeah, I think like uh, yeah, I think within the next three months we'll have amazing. Like you'll be very impressed. I think everyone will be impressed by summer. How everything's going to look is my suspicion. Have you added uh, any more miners yet? Uh, just the two. Just the two. I've gotten to. 10 Zeph mine just about. Um, oh, wow. Pretty close to 10. 
Um, yep, I figured when those are worth about a thousand, that'll be good. <laughs> and you guys to get some of the um, uh, the reserve right when it became open. Or when I got it came only open? nine. I only got nine coins worth. I couldn't. Oh, really? We didn't stay open long enough for me to do very much. That was kind yeah. of tough. I, I got more, like fifty times more. Yeah, he did pretty good on his. At least <laughs> he got some meaningful amount. Mine's just a bullshit amount. But so far, I've mined yeah seven nine point seven two Zephyr. I guess the difficulty must be going up because it seems like it's slowing down a little. Hi, um, Sefi. Do you want to try out the new project building on the Cosmos like meme? Do you have any idea about it? Like they are Which building one? some kind of meme project, meme tech, meme technology. Meme -E. Yes, yes, absolutely. Like, no, what Mr. Hi, Yes, they are building on the Mixnets and the Cosmos Nix blockchains, and it's like a decentralized VPN. And they are taking five years for building these things. They funded 300 million or something like that in uh -huh. 28. Yes. And do you want to check this project? Uh, how do you spell it? N Y M. Nim. Nim. N Y M. Hmm. <laughs> Let's see. Um, so it's actually started already. 130 million market cap, huh? How did you find this thing? Yes, I actually worked like shilling these things and I find it for, you know, checking this everything, which projects are working. Yep. Um... The teams are really good, you know, the scientists are the really, you know, the Harry Halpin is a really weak name. Mm. And I don't know. Um, yeah, this thing started in 2022, April on CoinGecko. It's $1.85, and now it's at $0.18. Cents. Um, it's starting to run up. It went as low as uh, $0.10. Cents. So, yeah, definitely did the usual crypto pullback. Um, I don't know. I'm not sure how good of a project this is or what kind of attention it's going to have and all that stuff. NimTech. Interesting. It's a Cosmos chain? Yes, it's in Cosmos chain. Nix chain, actually. It's a chain name is Nix, and it's a mixed net, you know? Interesting. And yeah, but it's like the token, you evaluate it with Etherscan, though. So, like, I think the token's on Ethereum, isn't it? Or is it like, is it a Cosmos chain on it, but using Ethereum token? Yes, it's a, it's a ERC20 and the native name nix blockchain both are available but first they launched the token on erc20 like ethereum chain okay. then they shifted into nix blockchain got it got it hmm, interesting okay no i haven't really paid attention to it i wasn't planning on buying too much extra random stuff now honestly um just sort of leaving things alone and letting them go Think we'll be fine. No, actually, I'm talking about the product, you know, the name Vivian product. And actually, do you think the blockchain technology is the real good thing to build something like a VPN, like decentralized VPN or unique yeah, IP address? Pay for a VPN, it feels like to me the better choice would be the privacy coin. Because, like, the whole point of VPN is privacy. And if you're paying with a public blockchain, 
now someone can trace back your wallets and find you. So I like like Mulvad VPN because you can pay with Monero and then you're anonymous. You're you're both your VPN service anonymous. You don't have to put your name in there. There's no KYC. And on top of that, your payment with Monero is anonymous. So you're fully anonymized. So like someone like yourself, like you'd much like if you're in a country where you know, you're not supposed to be trading crypto or something, then it makes perfect sense to um, use uh, Mulvad, in my opinion. M-U-L-L-V-A-D, and you pay with Monero, and um, nobody can track you. You know, I or it'd just... Be, or it'd be, very, it'd be very difficult to track you, let's put it that way. I don't know, it's not but impossible, I suppose. And the MixNet technology is really unique, you know, and whenever it's like a like an infinite type of IP address that you can get when you okay. build something on the MixNet. So there is no fixed IP addresses. Like you can right. get a new IP address every day. So they can't block your uh, they can't block your VPN address basically from different sites and things too. Interesting. So nobody really knows it's a VPN when you're using it either. Like even the sites that you're using don't know. That's pretty cool. Yes. There we go. Like, there's our little breakout here for Zephyr. So, I had fourteen seventy. It's at fourteen seventy eight now. So it's like it's like trying to cross that fib and making its way. Very nice. Should be fun. Um, that was me, by the way. What's that? That was you. <laughs> That's yeah. I was. I was. Uh, You're pumping the coin. Giving to the Zephyr God. You're giving to the Zephyr God. Yeah. You're you're making the chart, painting the chart, making it look good. That's good. Um, yeah, it's a perfect time to build momentum. Yeah, if ever people are going to go do market buys on Zephyr, now would be the time to just buy little bits and then push it up. Because remember, price results in attention. So while you may think, oh, like you know, I'm you know, I'm making some slippage here. I'm not buying as much coin. Blah blah blah. Who cares? What it does is it creates attention, and then someone else comes to buy your bag anyway. So it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, so it's kind of funny that way. Um, it also, like, when you're buying these bottoms, um, market makers are like, oh, wait a minute, no one's going to be buying at $5 anymore. And they start moving up their bids. And that tends to push the price up more than anything. So the floor bids tend to move all up simultaneously. You'll notice this too. Like, like for example, when you're in a retracement period, you'll notice that the 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 price people are selling at, you'll notice the limit orders will be like, you know, very different. Like let's say it's Zephyr and you're at $10. There'll be a bunch of limit orders at $20, 25, 30, a bunch of them. And you're like, oh, there's no way like you're going to ever buy through those. But those are all just sell orders that'll move because as the price goes up and people get bullish, they're like, ooh, that's too cheap of a price to sell and they move it. So what happens is you might see the price at $10 and you go, oh man, this is bullshit. Like, there's no way it's going up. Look at all these sell orders over here. This is why order books are not a good way to trade anything. If you look at order books, you'll be like, you'll be thinking, oh, you know, look, all these people are there to sell, and I'm just an idiot here um, buying this thing. But now, in fact, what you're seeing there is really just orders that are just going to move anyway. So you'll see it. Like watch MEXC now. Good. This is a pr- great time to analyze this action. Go look at your order book on MEXC and go, what's happening here? And watch over the next couple of weeks and watch what happens to those orders. Um, you'll find that during these impulsive moves, just what happens is everyone moves their limit orders much higher. So maybe the next FIB, they'll move them all to 120, thinking that we're going to hit 100 plus. And then there's no basic sellers um, 
so what ends up happening is every new buyer, um, there's two characteristics of these new buyers. One is they don't like when prices are going up, you get people that just just jump in and buy market. They don't worry about placing limit bids. Um, so you get a lot more market orders. The second thing you'll see is that people just move up their sell orders much higher. And there just won't be enough liquidity to buy. So then the price just starts skyrocketing. And um, that's really all that you're seeing. So this is what's called the markup period. Um, and uh, that's the technical term for it is a markup. And during markups in crypto, at least, you oftentimes will p very much pass any prior high and go so much higher than the prior high that it's almost impossible to buy underneath that again. So let's say the Zephyr consolidation is between $52 and $10. The next move might be to like something obscene, like $400, and then it will dump to like 100 but you won't actually be able to get in at these lower prices again. And so in price discovery, um, you know, like I guess what they call it, what do they call that repricing or whatever, like something is completely in a new range and um, you just don't have that range at all anymore. And then like you might revisit that range at the, like, during a bear market, but during a bull market, the odds that you're going to reach that again are not great. So that's why it keeps, you know, things just keep moving up. Pretty fun stuff. Yeah, Kajira is now at 371. So it's it's slowly trickling trickling up as well. So yeah, everything when BTC runs like this, everything just starts playing catch up right afterwards. Um that's why when BTC runs, the first thing you do is just go buy a bunch of alts. Like you like there's no obvious reason to chase BTC once it's already up. Your ROI is gonna be better um on alts usually at that point. Especially at this time in the market when we're two years into an altcoin consolidation and all the charts look damn pretty. Um, it's a perfect time to be chasing, not chasing BTC and running, just picking up more alts. Okay. Anyway, um, I've got a business meeting later. I think I might go take a shower and, and catch up with you guys later. Um, up noob, good hanging out. Good luck to everybody. Hopefully everyone gets rich or something. Um, and, uh, yeah, have a good day, everybody. I might catch up later if I get back and I have nothing better to do. <laughs> Wakanda forever. Wakanda forever. All right. Yeah. Wakanda forever. Uh, <laughs> all right. See you guys. Get a girlfriend. Yeah. Get a girlfriend. Uh, Wakandan girlfriends. Yes. Motherfuckers screaming out loud, looking for mercy before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey. What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve mentality stuck in the burbs. I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works, and we'll see what other kinds of trash is under the dirt. We rape and plunder the earth, sit and wonder about the worth and plate. Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served. Motherfuckers walking around here looking faceless, trying to make a living selling friendship bracelets. Dead ends dragging out the max amount of payments. Red down. Days. Got them acting all bankless Yo fam, what? Check these tokenomics They probing this bear, flexing broken Honest, I had to lay my soul down I'm just roasting knotters And then the end a long day, 11 bowls of chronic Never known the politic, I was born to frolic It's been my policy to pollinate all over the plot We got a lot of apologists jumping in at the top We like to measure their velocity before they hit rock bottom Over the impossible loss, it's all moss And I'm liking the odds Fondue in the morning, forming mycological bonds Flick the cap Yo, the road is highly involved Flip a coin, diary falls Motherfuckers screaming out loud Looking for mercy Before they find themselves Working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve Mentality
the chief's stuck in the burbs I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of treasures under the dirt We rape and wonder the earth Sit and wonder about the worth and play Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served Trying to figure out the max amount of dinner lace Stacked in non-toxic Just to get a better place Smacking on the hostage Like the shit is played for keeps Clowns, white knight, and all these Maybellines They call it implausible When model after model keeps on Ripping off the coat and going full throttle beats Tearing apart your communitility All these low-hanging fruits Bearing zero liquidity Got a planet in reach Coming standard to each I'm on the back ten stargazing after the siege Commanding all the management to grab a few seats And then we'll round up the beasts And send a messenger east Y'all better sign a release When I'm bumping these beats Hands up if I got motherfuckers drumming the streets Yo, we got a few dubs We got a couple defeats And if you're coming for the king You better have some of each Motherfuckers fuckers screaming out loud Looking for mercy Before they find themselves Working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve Mentality stuck in the burbs I'll be numbing up first Before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of treasures under the dirt We rape and blunder the earth Say and wonder about the worth and play Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served Spaces.